0: Yo, what's up guys and gals? Tonight's Gravity Lab Radio was brought to you by Velocity Sports Equipment. Velocity Sports Equipment is the maker of the Infinity Rig, by far my favorite and most comfortable rig on the market. Kelly Farrington, the owner, believes that people should be able to buy a rig that they want, that they like, that they love, and customize it any way they want. And one of his big stances are every rig should go out on an equal playing field. What that means is Kelly doesn't upcharge. Infinity doesn't upcharge for safety devices. If they believe it is a safety device, it goes on the rig standard. It's up to you, like an RSL, whether you want to have your rigger to install it or not. They're huge on safety, and they're huge on comfort. By far the most comfortable rig I've jumped, by far the most comfortable rig I've owned, and I've jumped and owned a lot of different rigs, and customizable. You can get an Infinity rig to look basically any way you want. Your limits are money and your imagination. A buddy of mine, Larry Hack, has an Infinity that looks like Iron Man. Straight up, look at it from the back; looks like Iron Man. Check out Infinity. Uh, 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 check out Infinity on Instagram. Check out their Facebook page, and you'll see that super dope-looking rig. You, you name it, you dream of it; they can have it. Check out VelocityRigs.com. When you're ordering your newest Infinity, make sure you mention Gravity Lab Radio in the uh, special instructions. Or if you're emailing Blake, vsevelocityrigs.com, if you're emailing directly, mention Gravity Lab Radio. If you mention Gravity Lab Radio, you'll get a free mesh back pad upgrade. There currently is no term or no end date to that. I'll be hitting up my boy Blake, and uh, who knows, by the time you hear this and you claim that, it may not be available anymore. But we'll see what's going on, we'll see what's coming around, and uh, we'll see what they want to do about that. Also tonight, we've been brought to you by The Rating Center. The Rating Center, full disclosure, is owned by me. I am the owner. I am the founder. But The Rating Center is about a lot of other people. We've got some phenomenal coaches, uh, some phenomenal examiners, guys and gals that you may have heard of from the show. Uh, DQ, David Quiss has been on the show, good canopy coach. Uh, my great friend uh, Hank, Hank Pruitt, Henry Pruitt is uh, an examiner who's been with us forever. Chris Fudala, been on the show, uh, does a great job with coach courses. Erin Andera Sanchez, uh, she is our Mexican examiner. Uh, Mexican because she speaks, well, she's Mexican she's Mexican. But I, I say that because she does speak Spanish and we are catering to that Latin crowd. So currently we are offering Spanish courses or Spanish tandem instructor courses in, uh, or offer tandem instructor courses in Spanish. Woo, English is hard for me tonight. Uh, but also, soon she'll be doing those for coach courses as well. So you name it, we're offering it, we want to do it. Uh, the Rating Center, we believe in safety, we believe in the growth of the community, and for us, uh, safety is huge, man. It's a big part of what we do. The community is the other biggest part, this safety day coming up, Skydive Spaceland Houston, the rating center crew runs safety day around a few different drop zones, but we'll be airing our safety day presentation on Facebook Live. Check out the rating center Facebook page, check out our fan page, and on safety day, you can see all of our seminars, seminars, seminars. We'll broadcast them live and then we leave them there. So you can go see the last two years of seminars. Oh, we'll tell you, things don't always change a lot. Some seminars do, some don't. Uh, A lot of it's good core reminders that we need to hear. The fundamentals are so important. So check it out, theratingscenter.com. You want to coach rating, tandem rating, AFF rating, canopy coaching, canopy courses, you name it. In those lines, we will take care of you. Uh, We also have some free fall coaching available. Tonight, a uh, good buddy of mine, Tony Casino, actually worked with a rating center. We've done some ratings with him. A uh, super good dude, super good guy, absolutely a great storyteller. I uh, love hanging out with him, love hearing from him. I hope you enjoy his, his visit as uh, much as I enjoy hanging out with my bud. I'm the target of a meat mess with 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting, all a
1: sudden.
0: I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. You talk! Give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin
2: and produced by Nicholas Live. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? What Uh, welcome to the show.
0: Um, so yeah, right now you guys are listening to this going on, on maybe Facebook land, maybe not, but you're definitely, uh, hearing it in the audio podcast, Justin, uh, why don't you just go ahead and (laughs) close (laughs) and relaunch the whole fucking thing, copy and paste the description before you
2: get out. It's really looking Uh, invisible. Uh, yeah. so I think it's, OBS. it's We're having technical errors, for so, those hey. of you who have not <laughs> caught on. And it's real fun when we discover a technical error eight seconds before the show's supposed to start. <laughs> the music and was it's rolling. It's my back. <laughs> we can I, always beatbox. I think, uh, I think it should be our responsibility to kind of deal with technical issues secretly, you know, without so having the world know. But yeah. when it happens eight <laughs> seconds before <laughs> we figure out that we're going live, we can't really do very much about it. So
3: yeah.
0: Copy and paste that description. Close everything. When we start the whole process, Facebook will catch up. All right. You want to stop the stream and all that? No BS. Nick, you
3: didn't know my superpower was being invisible?
2: You're really good at it, man. (laughs) It's even rubbing off on us. So are we going to keep the audio version going like this isn't happening? Yeah, not at all, man. So Tony (laughs) (laughs) Casino. Man, I... uh, The one of the things... I've never
4: had a freeze like this before. No, this is a
0: new problem. So one of the (laughs) things that I like... It's (laughs) cold outside. Wow. Is that going to be on the podcast? That's going to be on the podcast. everything's blowing <laughs> Well, I mean, at
2: least they can hear that we're actually having legitimate technical issues. We're not just doing this for the entertainment. I forgot to mute the computer. Yeah.
0: I, uh, I've always said that I want this to be a true raw experience. People have said, I'll come and visit, but you have to edit it. I'm like, no. Yeah. I, won't, I won't broadcast it. If you want to come in and record, not live, and then at the end decide, please don't launch that, I won't. No. But... For the right guy? Yes.
2: Yeah, maybe for the
3: right guy. For the right
0: guy? Shoot. There's one or two guys out there who have asked if I would do that, and I said
3: yes to both of them. Well, this is edited, right? This isn't live. Well, it's not live right fucking (laughs) now, (laughs) man. No, I totally killed the live stream. (laughs) Oh, you did? (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be
2: back in just a minute. Yeah, it's just resetting. Hang on. I'm working on it.
0: (laughs) So uh, Tony is our guest tonight. We'll uh, tell people on Facebook whatever they want to catch up. Uh, Tony, you're a skydiver. I am. You're a bunch of other things, but uh, you first came to Spaceland, and I. W- when did you first show up on in, in our lives?
3: Uh, almost three and a half years ago. Okay. Uh, June, yeah,
0: 16 and we're we're just gonna go backwards. And, and we're, we're live again. <laughs> and we're hey, live. Hey.
3: hey, everybody!
0: <laughs> so if you're just oh, joining us on I Facebook, am. if you saw this version live before. Awesome. If you didn't see this version <laughs> live till now, go download the audio podcast. Hey, did you guys know you can go to your phone, search for Graduate Lab Radio on your favorite podcast app, and uh, keep watching us on Facebook, but uh, download it to your phone. Uh, please subscribe. It's a super huge help to what we're trying to do. Um, I would just like to get more guests and bring more shows to you guys, so so please do that. Um, shameless plug. Yeah. So, Tony Casino. Yes. We met three and a half years ago, but you've been skydiving for how long?
3: Almost 14 years.
0: 14 years. Man. It's
3: Easter will be 14 years.
0: I see. It goes by so quick, doesn't it? It does. And you came to us from Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. W- is that where you started skydiving?
3: Yep. I was uh, managing a golf course uh, in Slidell. And uh, one of my buddies, um, actually, no, it was in Baton Rouge at the time. Um, so his girlfriend bought him a skydive. And uh, he says, hey, you want to go? And I'm like, you know what? I can take off that day. And Went skydiving and uh, went with uh, Rob Henson and the entire time on the jump uh, was just asking him a bunch of questions. You know, How do you do this? This is, this is totally new to me. Mm-hmm. I need to start doing this. Month later, came back and uh, been skydiving ever since. Did you ask any
2: questions as a new skydiver oh. that you are now bothered to hear from other new skydivers? Like just a total woofo question that you that you had before you started, and that you hear other people have. I don't have remember.
3: That question. Like I didn't say you know when when we go up. Oh, like when the parachute opens. Yeah, when the okay. parachute opens. Okay. I didn't. I didn't have any of that. Um, I don't remember. I was just asking questions about how you get licensed, and
0: so for me, Nick, your question breaks down to a different version. And it's not the questions that a student asks. It's how their interest really is when they ask them. Yeah. So a guy like you comes in and, and it's like, man, you're asking a lot of questions that people would ask, but you're really interested in what the answer is. You're really interested in what we have to say. And,
3: and I knew nothing about skydiving. It wasn't like I went there and said, hey, I want to go do proximity wingsuit base jumping. Yeah, yeah. And this is just my step to do that. Um, I really had no idea that skydiving was a thing. Until this guy says, "Hey, there's a place an hour and a half away." I'm like, "Really? Let's go skydive." He, a buddy of yours? Yeah, he was working at the golf course, a mutual, you know, employee. So I want to you, you
0: bring it back to the golf course. I want to go backwards a little bit further okay. in your life, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is is I, I love people who cross more than one thing. Skydiving is awesome, but life in general is pretty awesome, and you've done a lot. Uh, recently, you and your wife just came back from what trip was it uh nepal nepal um some amazing photos i, I cyber-stalked you guys before you come on uh you've done some other trips to japan recently as well mhm but all this traveling all this time you've also done other things you were once a golf pro
3: i was what do you mean you paid were paid for college um went uh you went to college i did right i graduated it only <laughs> took 7 <laughs> years <laughs> sorry mom and dad um <laughs> uh, but yeah uh I got a golf scholarship uh, to play uh, at uh, Loyola Chicago and then uh, finished up at McNeese and uh, then went and played on the mini tours, um, played a few tournaments, hated living in a hotel room, though. That was tough.
0: What do you mean mini tours?
3: Uh, like the Hooters tour and uh, yes. some of the glorified <laughs> uh, gambling tours. The Hooters okay. tour sounds like
2: not golf. That sounds like something else.
3: Um <laughs> There were a few tournaments that I played in on the that tour. Um but it, it changed rapidly after uh that so tour. How it how was did a stepping stone. How did golf start? For me? Yeah. Oh, um my dad's been a golf pro for Dad's uh, okay, so yeah. you're second generation golf pro. Second generation. <gasps> yeah. So
0: I need to get out. We we've talked about this over different times and uh I golfed for a while. I'm not the best golfer, man. Not even fucking close. I've golfed for like two years total. Okay. One year as a right-handed golfer. One year as a left-handed golfer. So That's <laughs> uh, crazy. I used <laughs> to
3: be able to hit the golf ball left-handed. I sold uh, golf clubs, and that was a great way to approach somebody mm-hmm. right-handed and hit the ball left-handed. And plus, I w- had a horrible slice yeah. left-handed, so I could show them <laughs> the clubs that <laughs> fixed your slice and say, look, it fixes my slice. <laughs> uh,
0: Jay uh, Beanendahl is right-handed, uh-huh. and he's a phenomenal golfer. Don't have to golf for him. But when he teaches me, we're facing each other. I'm like, it's a mirror image. It's uh-huh. The mirror image thing doesn't always work, but in golf, it's it's gorgeous. Baseball swing, it's super helpful. Um, man, I'd like to get out with you sometime yeah. and just go top golf or a driving range. Yeah, and Jay th- taught me the,
3: the mirror image for teaching a student in the wind tunnel. Yeah, you have to do it backwards. Doing it backwards, yeah.
0: So your family got you into golf. Mm-hmm. You were a golf pro. You actually, a golf pro, you uh, taught golf? You
3: I, I taught golf. Um about four days a week, and then I managed a golf course, Um, which is basically just uh, manifest at the drop zone (laughs) for everybody else. You answer the phone. You have disgruntled people come in. Why is it raining? Is it going to clear up (laughs) later today? (laughs) Really? Same exact questions.
0: No shit. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Hold on. This brings up an interesting
2: question. Uh, At what point in one's skydiving career (laughs) should you be told to quit asking about the weather?
3: See, I had a I had a head up on that, in knowing not to ever ask. Right, so questions. you have a background where yeah. other
2: people ask about the weather. Like, I'm sure if you worked in aviation or, or anything like that before, you'd probably be familiar with with people asking this <laughs> question. But it's like I, I understand that question from uh, from a f- from a tandem student. Yeah, that makes total sense. You don't know what good or bad looks like. You've never yeah. been here. And then from Why someone can't jump through who's in the. <laughs> <laughs> someone I mean, who like it
4: should be on the A license checkout. Maybe. Like a sign off before you get your license. I won't ask questions. But You're not allowed I mean, to so I won't
2: oppose <laughs> someone who's still in the program to asking questions about the weather. I might say to that person, hey, let me show you what we know about the weather and show them the forecasts that we use and make the joke of like, yeah, all of us actually got into skydiving and become a amateur meteorologists, right? I'll, I'll make that joke. Mm-hmm. And then it, let's say that it's someone with uh, 100 jumps and they come in and this ha- happens in the office sometimes on a weathery day, maybe that's where I'm, I'm spending some of the time that day, where I'll hear someone with enough experience to, like, hey, you should know by now that we <laughs> can't do anything about it. Like, you see that pilot over there? You see all these instructors not working? Everybody wants to do this. Like, I get this is your hobby. I get you want to jump. So do we. And so you I try and... It clears and up, it clears up. But wha- but so what? To <coughs> in your guys' uh, opinions, at what point, what jump number... Is is it good to have this conversation with a with the yeah. skydiver,
3: Tony? Go ahead. Man. I I try to have this conversation with the skydiver after I give them my card for their first tandem, and I say, "Look, don't bother you. manifest with this question. Call me, send me a text. I'm ten so miles from got the that, drop zone. That personal networking going. Yeah, you got to do that. That's how I get my students.
0: Dude, so first of all, hold on. We're going to take a little sidetrack right there, dude. You, You instructors out there, make your business, make your money. Drop zones. I love DZOs. They do a good job bringing in tandems. The drop zone owner gives you business. It's your job as instructors to convince somebody from a first jump course or from a tandem, hey, come back and try this again. And what better cheap way to do that, hey, check with me about the weather?
3: If, if you type in tandem or STP in my phone, you've mm-hmm. got all of my former students in there that have sent a text message to me.
0: So your wife's on that list.
2: Yeah, she <laughs> <is. laughs> Yeah. Hey, How you doing? Oh, <laughs> she's not still there and there is
3: Angie AFF, is she? No, she's <laughs> not. <laughs> 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 uh, she's Angela Scoggins Casino, even though she hasn't legally changed her name yet. Yeah. Shame on It you. took
0: Val, uh, I think, a year, maybe two years before she did it. Uh-huh. But I saw the list of what she had to change and everything she had to because she actually compiled oh, a full list and, and what social security
3: to do. card into the yeah. social security office and all sorts of crazy stuff.
0: And I told, I teased Val about not taking my name, but I'm
3: like, I don't care. It's
0: whatever. Just, we're married. That's all that mattered to me. Yeah. Uh, so back to your question, Nick, and I, I'm with you to a point there, Tony, but teach him right away. I'm not a full-time instructor, haven't been in a while, but one of the things I would do is, and we should be doing period, is teaching students about weather. Part of any good student program, the STP program here at Spaceland, even if you look at USPA student program, there are sections that you talk and teach about weather. You're not just supposed to say, these are the cloud clearance requirements. Hey, yo, check it out. This is what we're looking for for clouds. Here's the laws, but this is what we're doing, and hey... This is the app I used to find out, man. You don't need to ask me. You need to work on it yeah, yourself. S- you I need to educate that you.
2: I, I, do, I do like that thought. Uh, I also value important training. Of I would much rather, and I'm not an AFF instructor, but I would much rather have my buddy going with someone who spent more time learning about arching and emergency procedures than that spent 30 minutes having an, an, an education about the weather. So that's why I think that maybe it's not the most important thing to spend time on yeah. in, the, in the student progression, but that after you have your license and we're no longer teaching you survival skills, now, hey, you've spent some time up here. What did the yeah. sky
3: look like when we were jumping out of it? Well, I mean, uh, for me, I, I like to try to get the students chatting with other skydivers. Okay. Um, I almost actually quit the sport um, when I had about 25, 30 jumps. Because I got my A license, and it was, what do I do now? And it was a different drop zone than Spaceland. But still, it was um, uh, Joe Courtney who like took me under his wing as a coach. And the next 200 jumps I did with him. And he would bring me, teach me to do uh, rear float. And we would do eight <laughs> ways. And I knew how to launch a base. Um, but... Getting that camaraderie because when you graduate with an A license, you are a, a low number jumper, and you know, people with 200 jumps, 300 jumps are kind of daunting in your eyes, you know. Uh, yeah, I remember the first time I met someone with 200 jumps,
2: <laughs> I was like, I was He's a god, uh, yeah. I had just done my second tandem, so I did my first and second uh-huh. tandem same day, and it was just like, oh my god, you've done this 200 <laughs> times. <Holy> <laughs> shit. <laughs> could not believe that Uh, like that was such a huge number you know but that was the first like experienced skydiver i asked how many times have you done this Mm -hmm. and i didn't realize that most that that was i mean even now that's much more of a young jumper than it was when when i started yeah how you started what year uh 14 years ago so 2005 And, and what was a lot of skydives for for you like oh. around the drops and when you actually got uh, to know that number a little bit. What were, th- what were the well higher jumpers having?
3: Rob, the guy who took me and we actually ended up rooming together years later, which was kind of odd. But uh, he had like 6,000 jumps okay. at the time. Um, which, yeah, was just an astronomical number yeah, as that you're doing your first mm-hmm. skydive. Yeah,
2: It <laughs> seems totally unattainable. Uh-huh. It's a... Uh, Man, my,
0: sorry, brain has blinked this morning.
2: Dude, I'm, I'm having that same thing. I've had a long day. Dude, you had, you had a long day?
0: Didn't you take a nap at your desk?
2: I tried, but someone was still there chatting in my ear.
0: Oh, I came home and took <laughs> a nap, man. <laughs> that was good. Who <laughs> was chatting in your ear? You.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I laughed like midway. No, yeah. I was, uh,
2: I didn't get to have a nap, but uh, I did make a little bit of progress on a video edit.
3: Nice. It was nice, a man, nice day today.
2: Dude, it turned out to be really beautiful. When Hank and, and I
3: went and played frisbee golf. Did you? I shot one under par.
2: Where
0: are you guys playing at?
3: Uh, over by Quail Valley. Uh, I forget the name of the park. <laughs> Did you say the word valley in and, and Houston? Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, it's all flat. Uh, it's right over by uh, Fort Bend Toll Road. Uh, and they actually had one of those big helicopters today lifting part of the tower off and moving it and dropping it on the ground. It was kind of cool. I should have taken a picture.
0: I uh, I used to play disc golf a bunch. Um been a long time since I've played. And I like to go
3: out and throw some discs again with some buddies. Yeah. I, it's it's <laughs> enjoyable, man. It was fun. We brought the dogs out and woody? came. Is it a woody area? Um not super woody. So I mean y- super wide open. Not. S- yeah, it, it's a mix. Have you played Tom
0: Bass? No. Uh not Tom Bass uh, Clear Creek Golf. Uh-uh. Golf course ever? Um, it's a pretty. I was gonna just compare courses to how open okay. it is, or isn't it? We'll get off that topic for you next. Yeah. Sorry.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I have. No, I, you lost me. I was <laughs> yeah. already like. Yeah. I was so <laughs> far
2: away just
0: now. Yeah, I kept telling. Uh, I've kept. I've told Hank multiple times. I want to go. Want to go do that with you guys.
3: Yeah, it's fun.
2: Hold on. I want to get back to our weather question for just one. One more second. Okay. Yes. Just just for any new jumpers <laughs> out there, instead of going and asking the the people in the office who are generally not outside looking, looking at the weather, no. Uh, I would say, hey. Hey licensed skydiver, hey experienced person who I respect. What what do you what apps do you use to keep track of the weather? Because really that's all the information that we have. As I'm gonna look at the the forecast for rain and for clouds. Maybe I'll look at the satellite. If I wanna be misled, I'll look at my iPhone's <laughs> forecast for the next five days. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no nobody knows and we're gonna keep looking at the sky and when it's good we're gonna go. Your guess is as good as ours, it, it really is at times.
0: Uh, the iPhone weather app is great for what the temperature is right now. Yeah. <laughs> <a while. laughs>
2: After that, I don't, I don't rely did on, it, I don't trust it. Did we talk about what the forecast? Have we talked about that before? Oh, oh I dude, love I that. love that. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about?
0: Mm-mm. It's called, he talked about, it's called WT Forecast. Um, it's what the forecast. And uh, you've probably seen it on your buddy's Facebook page. He probably shared or posted it at some point. I think I
2: feel like I found it from Paula. Paula Erson. Yes,
0: that's exactly where I got it from. So right now I'm pulling it up. And it says and it's dark balling. outside. If we go out there, we won't have to fucking look at each other. Mine says the
4: same <laughs> thing. I just pulled it up. Really? I wonder if it's the same no, universe. Uh, well, no. if you refresh it, it changes. Yeah,
0: it's a great fucking night to go wheeling. And of course, it says the temperature and the sky conditions, but it has, it's it's hotter than the devil's balls
4: and stupid things like that. So Sunday night was a great night to jump. <laughs> the sky Dude,
0: is
2: clear and full of stars. Go watch them or some shit. I don't fucking care.
3: Did he? Did you do those <laughs> night jumps at all? I did. Wow. Um it was awesome. You got tricked into jump in those jumps, did you not? I did. That was a lot of fun. I've I've been assistant jump master before, but never uh jump master for the whole night. Took that the reins, how was it? That was a lot of fun. Uh the first jump, uh DQ and I did a two way. It was pretty romantic.
4: Did you guys kiss? We did, of course. Awesome. I picked his nose on exit too. Under the blood moon. <laughs>
3: Under the Blood Moon. Well, it didn't start yet. It was the third jump where it was already starting. And that one was a six-way with Jimmy. It was supposed to be a two-way, but we ended up doing a six-way. It was a big round, and then we busted into a campfire. It was awesome. Second one, I rode the plane down. It was kind of (laughs) cold. Oh, gosh. And nobody wanted to jump with me. Uh, No, it was... (sighs) All right, I know you're freaked out about riding the planes down a lot of times. Not not as bad as I used to. It depends okay. on who's flying and how full the plane is. Well, it was Randy and JP. So. Okay, yeah, you're in good hands. Yeah, I was in really good hands. So I was actually I spe- up uh, there. The rest of the load got out, too? The rest of the load got yeah, out. Yeah, you're good. You're yeah. totally good. Yeah. But it was really kind of crazy, because you can't see the runway until you're about 300 feet away from the runway. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I know they got it. I know they got it. I can't see the runway. And I asked Randy after, and he goes, yeah, we just line up with the lights and and we, we see it at <laughs> 300 feet <there>. yeah. Cool. <laughs> 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 I mean how how used to that approach are
2: they by now though? Right? Mm-hmm. yeah like I, c- I could land in our landing area with <sighs> no moon and no lights and have yeah. zero problems. well that's
3: and that's the uh, the thing that people don't realize if they've never done night jumps is is how well you can see in complete black especially when it's a full moon especially <laughs> a super <yeah>. full moon <laughs> with a giant floodlight in the landing area. Well, I, I thought there was a spotlight, and somebody actually said that on one of the planes. He says, why is there that spotlight down there on the ground? <laughs> and it was actually the reflection of the moon on the uh, wet farmland. Oh, that's <laughs> pretty oh, cool. That <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: That's nuts, man. Yeah, it's pretty fucking wet out there right now, isn't it? That's
3: what the she said. The mud was getting dehydrated. <laughs> what? The mud was <laughs> getting dehydrated? Rehydrated? It was dehydrated, so that's why it ran. Oh, down. okay, so yeah, I get you. <laughs> I'm yeah. catching up now,
0: <laughs> man. It's Nick was saying it the other day. Uh, Stephen and I were standing there with him, and uh, you know, here we are, freezing our balls off. And in just a few months, it's gonna be hot as fuck, and the mm-hmm. ground's gonna be all dried and cracked out. It's it's Texas. So, what have you been up to lately, man? You went to uh, to to Nepal. Did you cl- go climb Everest?
3: I uh, I climbed to Everest base camp. Um, and then he ran up the rest of the way with no shirt on. <laughs> 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 I thought about it, but if they catch you, they're going to charge you $10,000. Really? That's the climbing fee to climb Everest is $10,000. Holy shit. So if you Man, pass base camp, I wanted to go into the Khumbu Icefall and the glacier area, but they say it's pretty dangerous.
2: But you got to pay 10 grand no matter what, like if you make it all the way up or not. It's 10 Gs to if step foot past If you want to pass base camp,
3: base camp, yeah. Oh God, good lord. Yeah, they only charge Man, us I'd about $100 dollars of fees to climb up to base camp.
2: What did uh, Tom Noonan say that the cost is to skydive over Everest? $20,000. Oh you got to get to Nepal first. Mm-hmm. It's uh, So, yeah, the Everest
0: expedition, fly to Nepal, whatever that air fee is, $20,000, you are done. Of course, you got to get home from Nepal,
2: too. Ugh. All right, well, I thought I was going to find a cheaper way to get to the top <laughs> of Mount Everest, but <laughs> <laughs> never mind. And that doesn't <laughs> include climbing Everest. You, you don't go past base camp. Yeah, I'm but uh, what if I... N- you know, I, I think maybe maybe <laughs> we had this conversation. Like I understand the altitude and the thin like the thin air that my canopy is not going to fly the same. But in my fantasy, oh, I, I'm still flying a 71 I scoped over, out over Mount Everest. So
3: many landing areas. Yeah, and
2: you think that you're just going to go do totally that rip on that. <laughs> your canopy, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what my stupid brain says. <laughs> With like, <laughs> the rocks <laughs> and boulders yeah, all around. fuck them, dude. Yeah, I'm going to find I'm going to find a, find a <laughs> tiny little spot. I'm going to find that perfect grass to uh-huh. land on. There's a nice but valley, uh, right? At but 14, also in the, feet. In the fantasy perfect. I just had, I landed right on the top of Mount Everest on that same 71 Valkyrie. So, <laughs> nice.
3: <laughs> you better watch out.
0: <laughs> Nick's living the life of a video game <laughs> here, man. Idiot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> What's the elevation of base camp? Uh, 17,000 feet. Um, yeah, you are sucking just air nonstop.
2: You're so start from the beginning. Where y- where do you guys fly into for Nepal?
3: Uh, so we flew into Kathmandu and uh, stayed in Kathmandu for a few days and then fly into Lukla, which is the airport on the side of a mountain.
2: That's the one with the crazy approach, right? The crazy runway?
3: Yep. Yeah, it's got that downhill. One way in, one way out. And and once you've committed to landing there, there's no way to bail off. So you're just stuck trying to land it. Land or die. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so we're at Lukla. We've survived. We're at Lukla. We're at 9,500 feet. And then you actually hike down, and then up to Namche Bazaar, which is Namche. Yeah, oh, it's a bizarre name. <sighs> right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Oh. Sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I can't
2: help it. I can't help it. I'm sorry.
3: Uh. All right, so now I interrupted your story. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're in Namche. We're in Namche. You can still get pizza. You can get beer there. Uh, It's 11,000 and change. And it's actually a a decent-sized city at 11,000 feet, considering the only way to get there is by walking. There's no motorized land vehicles. Oh, really? Wow. Once you get to Lukla, there are no motorized land vehicles the rest of the time. You've got uh, donkeys and yaks and knacks. A and knack, people. a knack. It's a small yak.
2: Oh, all right.
0: Yeah. We would give Nick one.
3: Yeah, it'd be yeah. a <laughs> knickknack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the the main mode of transportation is uh, people and uh, knacks and yaks. So I'm imagining,
2: in this this tiny town, are most people who live there from there? Has anyone
3: moved to live in this place? I don't think so. I mean you you didn't see many foreigners that were just like oh I I live here now. It's mainly the the Sherpas and the locals that now rent out hotels and Yeah, so I guess their economy is
2: built around stupid white people trying to climb the big mountain. Uh, absolutely. All right, perfect.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Since the 1930s it's it's slowly grown and now it's it's just one hotel after another the whole way up.
2: And this is 9,500 feet elevation? 11,000. 11,000.
3: Yeah. Okay, so how how long are you there at 11,000 feet to get uh, acclimated? So every time you climb 1,000 meters, you have to have a day of acclimation. 1,000 so meters. Thousand okay. feet, 3,300 feet. So you h- you have an extra day of just kind of acclimating to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're also on Diamox, which is a pill that kind of flushes out CO2. And... Uh, Helps you acclimate a little faster. Also, makes you pee about five times a night.
0: No so That's not as being 45. <laughs>
2: you know, it's <what's> a <laughs> super good solution to that. I figured this out when I was really young. Pee in the bed. I'm like that. super <laughs> good at it.
3: Angie was in the ne- bed with never me. I had to get. I don't think up she would have let me do that.
4: <laughs> or just wear a diaper like that crazy astronaut <laughs> lady that. Like, went to track oh her husband yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs>
0: man, fucking bitch is crazy. You yeah. remember that
3: story? I, I think I remember
0: that. She yeah. drove from here to Florida oh, with duct yeah. tape and a knife yeah. or something like Wearing that. Wearing a diaper and a, and <laughs> and a fucking diaper. loaded so up she diaper <laughs> <stop>. oh, <laughs> yeah. That is an admirable <laughs> level of crazy. God, how old is that? Yeah. The, that's like eight years, that's 10 years. The next level of crazy. 12 I guess years. Like yeah,
2: man. It's a long time ago. <laughs> All right. So, we're at 11,000 feet, <laughs> taking the Dia, what is it called?
3: Diamox. Diamox. Now you can get it here, but if you plan on going over there, just buy it there because it's a lot cheaper. It's like ten bucks if you buy it over there. It's a hundred dollars, and you have to get a prescription over oh, here. Oh shit! All right.
2: So Is there, did you guys do anything to like get your body ready for this extreme acclimation? I watched you flip a tire. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> you were my I inspiration. I don't, I don't know if that
2: did much for your <laughs> respiratory system, though.
3: Um, no, I. Uh, he was breathing heavy. <laughs> yeah. I, I he went over to the trampoline gym. <laughs> Jesus, dang it!
1: <laughs>
3: fine, fine with me. I was
4: there. I saved <laughs>
1: it. Makes me feel better about myself. God darn uh, it. Uh,
3: no, I'm uh, I'm really bad <laughs> about cardio, and uh, so I would go to the trampoline gym and jump for an hour straight. And, uh, Dude, that's
2: some serious exercise It is, Dude, I
3: did it uh, two days ago Did you? Trying to get back into shape again So are
2: you? have you found a way to pace yourself when you arrive at the trampoline park?
3: I just keep jumping
2: Okay, let me tell you, this is every time I've been to a trampoline park I go, and I go fucking ape shit for <laughs> eight, eight <laughs> minutes That's what I've got I've got eight minutes of all out backflips and cartwheels And uh-huh. running up the sides of things Yeah, that's all good And then eight minutes later I go, oh fuck I'm done I can't do this anymore and then i just sweat profusely for the next 52 <laughs> minutes with it's a lot of a lot of panting yeah yeah don't let him lie to you because
0: he does that 8 minutes and then 10 minutes later he does 8 more minutes oh. like that maybe that's true <laughs> yeah
2: but there's a, i don't ever feel good until i've been gone from the trampoline park for a long time so what what do you <laughs> d- what do you do when you go to the trampoline park what's your what's your favorite thing there you do dodgeball i
3: ball? jump uh, i do backflips i do like dodgeball I played with uh, some of the guys that were there. The employees were all jumping around playing. Were they, they angry 16-year-olds? Uh, 16 to 18-year-olds, yeah. Do they have an obstacle course at the one you went to? Uh, they do. They have a spinny, uh, long tube that you have to like go some on.
2: American Ninja Warrior shit, right? Yeah, yeah. And then that's they have awesome.
3: another one that's just uh, it's about a foot wide, and they've got uh, two little. Fungi sticks. Yeah. Beat each other with American
0: them. Gladiator shit. Uh-huh. That sounds awesome. I played awesome. that with Glenn.
3: Wow. American Gladiator. There's mm-hmm. a really I good... Wish, I wish we had the gun with the tennis balls. Oh, oh. hell yeah. Oh, that would be so <laughs> awesome. You could build that, Justin. Yeah, we could. Yeah.
4: You could put it on, like, the, the porch up at the deli and, like, fire at people. <laughs> hey, your food's ready. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um speaking of building things man i'm going to sidetrack real quick for one second if you are out there and you have a company building computers you're good at building systems we are actually looking to upgrade what we use to uh sh- to throw this podcast out there uh hit me up uh send us a message monty at gravity is the email address i uh, love to do a work exchange with somebody maybe some advertising time on the show uh, work out something and trade for a computer. So if you build computers, got a computer business, uh, we need an upgrade. Hit us up. So uh,
2: and if I can piggyback on that too, I'm yeah. uh, probably going to be looking for a new laptop computer, video, oh yeah. video, <laughs> video editing <laughs> capable. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. Mine served a good. F- I thought it was Yours only just been th- going three strong. years. It's been. F- I think I've had that same computer for four years, wow. and it's still pretty fast. Yeah. That the biggest complaint I have is I've actually broken two of my three USB ports but other than wow. that, it, it runs really well. I like well. how you can change the colors on the yeah, keys. Yeah, it's fancy, right? It's awesome. But it's uh, it's a little bulkier than I would like mm-hmm. for a computer yep. that I'm moving all over the place. So if I had it plugged in at a desk somewhere that I could just leave it plugged in with my USB port expander and then have a equally capable but more t- transportable computer, I will pay cash money for this computer. So, Um, yo, if you're good at building these, uh, a video editing computer is really similar to like a super gaming nerd computer Mm -hmm. as far as system requirements. Mm -hmm. So, if you're that guy, holla at your boy. We need to work this out.
4: I need to talk to you after this. Are you that guy? Well, I have a (laughs) Dell XPS (laughs) that I don't use anymore because I have this uh, Surface now. Uh So, yeah, I could totally, totally handle it.
2: Well, check it out. I mean, I'm kind of a gear snob. I like to buy brand new things.
4: You do realize this has a one terabyte solid state drive in it, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's that's pretty impressive, actually, for yeah. how small that computer
0: is. This is
4: this is uh this is a, It doesn't look like it, but it's a fucking rock star.
0: It's a beast of a
2: of a lap of a
4: Yeah, it's better than most of our modeling computers at work.
2: What what does it cost if you don't mind me asking? Uh, thirty two hundred. Okay, that's about what I paid for my last custom built laptop.
0: That actually would probably be great for you to use as your portable thing. Yeah. That kind That's, of option.
4: And it's a tablet, too. I can pop this off. That's fancy.
0: Yeah.
2: Wow. I'm going to look into it. Yeah. All oh, right. So you realize I'm an electrical engineer, right? <laughs> I went I to mean, school for I, programming. I, I don't know how, how nerdy you get with your computer capabilities. <laughs> yeah. mm.
4: I went to school for programming.
2: So
0: remember I asked him to sit in that chair for a reason? Oh, he's he, done
2: a fantastic job. He is. He,
0: Ooh, yeah, He is that. king nerd <laughs> in this room, no doubt, man. Justin is a very bright individual. Uh, thanks, by the way, Justin, for crushing all that shit over there you do, man. So.
4: Oh, sure. <laughs> I just wish OBS didn't freeze. Ah, eh, shit happens. So you were back to, back to cracker. Frankenstein. So
0: Frankenstein? The, his nickname for me is Frankenstein. So first of all, have you seen the movie Big Daddy?
2: Yeah, uh, totally. It's one of my favorite movies. I love Adam Sandler. <laughs> he lets
0: a little kid name himself Frankenstein, <laughs> right? Stang. How did Frankenstein dress?
2: However he wanted.
0: Okay. Have you seen Tony dress? Yeah, he looks sharp all right the time. Right no, <laughs> you know, but like his <laughs> skydiving gear, I'm like, dude, like look at his socks. This is the most tame I've ever seen him.
3: They're matching, not matching.
0: Yes, they are. Yeah, I, could, I agree. But some of the outfits he would wear at the drop zone, I'm like, dude, does your parents let you dress yourself? Can you wear whatever you want? <laughs> so I've called him Frankenstein for. Okay. Have you ever seen yeah. golfers dress though? Yes, it's wonderful. Okay. Yeah. So,
3: <laughs> Thirty-three years of being at a golf course. <laughs> Have
0: you seen a picture of Hank in his green and yellow outfit? Yes. You guys need to wear those outfits at the same time. He's got—you y- know—the pictures of Hank. Yeah, I've seen him. Have you seen Tony in a similar-looking
2: getup? Oh, gosh, I don't think so. I don't think I've dug that deep on on Facebook to find that stuff.
0: Man, I like the picture of Mom. Yes. <laughs> got <laughs> <laughs>
3: Dude, you really should help. Wow, you really trolled my uh, Facebook deep.
0: <laughs> Dude, have you paid attention
2: to some of these pictures <laughs> I put out? It's fun. Yeah. Hold on, picture of mom. Please explain. <laughs> <Go> <laughs> ahead. Not, not everyone <laughs> has seen
3: this. <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. I got a tattoo. Yeah. I, I, I only have two tattoos.
0: Justin, look at his Facebook profile. That's what I'm going to find. Find the picture at. and share it on this <laughs> Facebook feed.
3: Yeah, I, I, I have a nice tattoo right here of mom. Did that hurt? It did. What does it mean? <laughs> I love my How remote. long did that take? <laughs> <laughs> About ten minutes. Dude, I have this one. It's so sick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my cousin wants to get one. I want to get one. I just don't know what I'd get. Yeah. Yeah. You sling ink, bro? The other one's uh crawfish. That's
4: like me with ginger jokes. Like you know all
2: yeah, of them. Fuck dude. <laughs> What'd you say, crawfish? I got a crawfish. It's on my butt. I man, it's crawfish. Like season, butt cheek? <laughs> yeah. Hey. You wanna see it? I mean, we <laughs> have had one other butt-cheek expose <laughs> on the podcast before what Glenn. What does w- Glenn, Glenn squirrel? I thought it was a Tasmanian devil, wasn't it? A squirrel under parachute.
0: Well, does anybody well, remember? Was it a squirrel? What? I don't sure. remember, man. <laughs> Glenn had his ass right up to this <laughs> camera to show the world what it was. Huh. <laughs> You're like, hey, there's a little camera right there. Wait, If anybody
3: d- wants to see it, they can message in. I'll show it to them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I give it about 20
2: seconds before someone says, pull out that butt cheek. I think we just got two messages at the same time about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: crap. I lost track of my brain again. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: hold on. Let, let's go back to Nepal. Right? Isn't okay. that the story that we're yeah. trying to get to? <laughs> yeah, we were
0: talking
3: <laughs> about climbing stuff. This is about as hard as it was to actually climb uh, to Everspace Camp. <laughs> <laughs> go to so the story.
0: You said... You acclimated for a day <laughs> at the Bazaar place. Yep. Namche. Namche. Namche Bazaar. Then every 3,000-ish feet, you would have to take another day of acclimation. Yes. So you climbed 3,000 feet a day?
4: About
3: um, no. Uh, I found it.
4: <laughs> you found it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Your face <laughs> on the right hand side. You're <laughs> so young
3: in these pictures. I am. I didn't have a beard.
0: No, dude. No, you're just also so young in those pictures. Look how. Look at your baby face, oh, man. <laughs> How old were you when you got those? When you got
3: that? Wow, that was 10 years ago. How old are you now? I'm 36, about to be 37. Oh, yeah. There's that weird time in life where I
0: looked really young most of my life. I still probably look younger than 45 outside of this gray. But there is that breakthrough in the mid-young 30s where all of a sudden you aged. You yeah. went from face to like, oh, look, you look like an That's adult now. That's when I now. became
3: a full-time skydiver. I just <laughs> aged. <laughs> I thought I was supposed <laughs> to keep Three it younger. Three years of living at the drop zone.
0: <laughs> Do you still have your place out there?
3: No, I sold it.
0: Who owns it now?
3: Uh, two girls from Louisiana. Okay.
0: and yep, Chantel yeah. and
3: Monica. Yeah. yeah. So how, how much are you climbing a day? Um, it depends because y- you're not actually just climbing up. So I actually recorded it on my watch and I went up and down. You're going up and down. And uh-huh. I went. So we started at nine thousand feet and finished at eighteen thousand five hundred, but the total up and down was nineteen thousand feet.
0: Wait a minute, hold on. You started at nine, you ended at eighteen, uh-huh. so you total net nine thousand. Nineteen.
3: No, no, but the yeah net, net, net nine, but gross was nineteen. Yes. Holy shit. So there's times where you, like you climb up and up and up, and you're like, oh, thank God, I'm already up to the altitude at this city. And then you look and you're like, oh shit, I gotta go down another thousand feet.
2: So the city's on, on a mountaintop, more or less. Yeah.
0: Every yeah. time you saw a city, where you're like bittersweet. Oh, there's a city, but it's gonna go downhill afterwards.
3: Yeah. It was a tough. I mean, I had trekking poles, and I just put one in front of the other. And there were some times where it was just like, because <sighs> your your heart rate, your resting heart rate's around 100, 110. Um, and we were trekking for five, six hours a day.
0: So wait a minute. Your, does your resting heart rate change at thinner altitude?
3: Yeah, it did for me.
0: Is that normal, do you know?
3: Um, I think so, because you, you have to get more oxygen into your body. Okay, makes uh, sense. Because you're, you're breathing uh, air that's 70% of what we're breathing here, of oxygen. What's your normal resting heart rate? Uh, about 70.
2: Okay. I'm gonna do some math. Okay.
0: So, anyways, you you uh you're using those poles, you're tired, you're fatigued. Yep. I
3: had a, a vision of Nick in my head. That it sounds flipping sexy. a tire. Yeah, flipping <laughs> a tire. <laughs> I think you heavy. guys are giving that me too was much credit. Seriously, my entire inspiration. It's, it's um, really flattering.
2: Thank you. But I mean um man, I I I would imagine myself being
3: more miserable on that hike than I would flipping that tire. But When you took a rest from flipping the tire, you had a look at us and people out at the drop zone. When you stop and you look around and you see rivers and mountains and just every time you turned around a corner, it was a...
2: I'm sure it's visually
3: rewarding. Yeah. I mean, it couldn't have been that visually rewarding to look at me the (laughs) entire time you're flipping (laughs) a tire. Or Bluebell. I I had a good time (laughs) out there, honestly, man.
2: It was fun to have. I mean I'd bullshit it with Steven and uh and, Raul Raul and Fernando the whole time Fernando. yeah yeah
3: they were out there the whole time with you
2: Yeah the S- Steven and uh yeah the three of them all, all of them stayed uh-huh. But uh but yeah I would I would say you
3: you had a harder time of it than I did I I lost about 18 pounds when I was over there Jesus um, yeah I was down to the lightest weight I've been for a while
0: How many days did it take you to get from Namchi to base camp Nine days. And when you're when you're there, the thing I, I actually, when I asked you to come do this, you're like, yeah, we're hiking, doing whatever it was. And mm-hmm. I didn't quite process what you told me until I started looking at pictures to set up the the little ad for this, and I saw you a picture of base camp. What is this, man? I I know I've heard the story, and I know I've known this before, but my brain cannot process it. What th- what were you standing next to? The pile of rags? The the rocks. No, at, at the to- at oh, base Oh, the prayer flags.
3: Yes, thank you. Yeah, the Buddhist prayer flags. They were everywhere on the mountain, that but and trash.
0: So the Buddhist prayer flags, the spot you were standing in front of, was that a specific spot where there was just more of them, or did you see
3: piles like that everywhere? Uh, there were piles like that everywhere. Um, the next morning at 4.30 in the morning, I climbed up Kalapathar, which was the highest point that I got to, which was 18,500 feet. And that's a hill from Gorak Shep, which is the last physical structure, and it's about an hour and a half walk to base camp from there. And so base camp is empty right now. Uh, They only try to summit in May uh, up to, like, June 1st. That's when the monsoon season comes. So for six weeks, the people are over on base camp with tents, and it's a little tent city there, and they're getting acclimated going up to stage two, stage three, stage four, and then Eventually, trying to summit, but they're also doing the same acclimation up on the higher altitudes. I did find something about the heart rate okay, so it says roughly at two thousand meters heart rate will
2: be about ten percent above sea level value, and at forty five hundred meters it will be about fifty percent
3: higher so uh how how high are you saying so eleven thousand yeah, four thousand five hundred that's times three ish.
2: Yeah, so back once, in your once you're yeah, around... 70?
3: So I was at 140? So you were you were basically twice your... Uh, oh, wait. No, I, I was... My resting s- heart rate was like 100, 110. I, d- I, I had did it on I did my the watch math. whenever like we were doing 60, the calculating.
2: 63% or something like that. Okay. Or, like I what?
3: had figured I was burning about 5,000 calories a day. Man. Yeah. So and
2: how how does your body feel? Like describe describe the the difference in physical sensation of when you're when you're hiking at this at this
3: altitude. You just uh, like if if we jumped up out of this chair right now Mm -hmm. and walked briskly to the kitchen, that's something you just can't do there. Everything's in slow motion. Um, Even just running up a flight of stairs, there's no way you want to try to do that because you're going to be up about halfway Mm -hmm. on the stairs and fall backwards, passed out. Have
0: you done any long
3: fasts? Uh, 54 hours is my longest.
0: At the end of those 54 hours, that lethargic feeling you get? I went
3: for a door, and I was trying to do it um, for longer. I was trying to do one more day, and I reached for a door, and I lost my balance. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, I got to eat something now. How does that compare to that feeling? It's pretty similar. I didn't even think about that. Okay.
0: I just, it, but now, except for when you do a long fast, you're commonly not also hiking up a mountain. Correct. <laughs> so it, it's got to be worse said and done.
3: Uh, yeah. So
0: while you while you're hiking, you get to base camp. There's nobody there this time of year.
3: Just the hikers that are trekking in the fall.
0: I, I've I've heard base camp so many times in my life. What is there? What's at base camp?
2: Rocks. There's Nick has n- one. <laughs> he brought me a rock <laughs> from the fall. <laughs> Super cool. sits on my desk. I touch it. <laughs> Think about Tony. It gets kinda weird. Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your desk at work? Yeah. I'm gonna have to go touch a rock. It's sitting right there on uh on top of his uh business card slash poker chip. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I'm sure we'll talk about is yeah. your new venture into the uh real estate world. Yes. So Tony Casino, right? Mhm. The do you have one? I do. Okay, I'm just gonna <laughs> let I'm just gonna let him show you because I find that in my uh poor taste and humor hilarious i think it's awesome man
0: okay i've seen these around the Tony drop casino
2: zone. what does it say on the
0: back man uh, you're not gonna i'm not reading it right now i <laughs> <laughs> i need reading glasses to see don't and gamble read this.
3: with your real estate needs thanks mom
0: get it casino you know, gamble don't gamble with
3: it.
4: <laughs> <okay. But> it's
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i just yes yeah, sorry um i love them though Justin, show it to you on the camera if you're watching on Facebook. And what's the name of the real estate company? Realm Realm
2: Real Estate Professionals.
0: Okay, cool. Um, what got you into real estate?
2: Hang on, we're still in Nepal.
0: Yeah, let's go back to Nepal. I'm sorry, okay. you just got we're going here.
2: Oh, sorry, it's my fault. <laughs> yeah, I brought it up. Let's get back. Catchy <laughs> business guy. I, I do. I do <laughs> want to talk about some of your real estate stories. <laughs> one in particular. Oh boy. But uh, okay, so Nepal. We're hiking, short of breath. Base camp. There's rocks.
3: There's rocks. The next day, Angie was supposed to climb up to Kelopathar with me, and she couldn't get out of bed. She had uh, altitude sickness every time we'd climb a 1,000 feet mm-hmm. or a 1,000 meters. Um, and usually it wasn't bad, but the last day when we stayed in Gorok Shep, uh, she wasn't feeling good at all. Do couldn't people eat. chew coca leaves there? No, that's that in South America. Okay. South America, they do chew the coca leaves. I just wondered if it was... Uh, a frowned they upon thing. They don't have cocoa leaves. Oh, all right. Well,
2: I guess they don't have a cocaine problem either. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So the next day I climbed up Calipath that was the hardest climb. I had a dry cough after Namche and I got into a coffin jag and, and I actually kind of lost my balance and, you know, cause again, your heart's beating really fast and it was, you just couldn't get air. Um, I took a video when I got on top of the highest point that I was at. And I didn't think about it then, but looking back at that video, my breath is just... <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> but that was just the entire time. That was just the norm. Um, but then we zip back down the mountain. Um, we both wanted to get back down as fast as we could. We were Once we did it, we climbed, we conquered, we wanted to get off the mountain. Yeah, that's because understandable.
0: Because you wanted to be able to breathe again?
3: We just wanted to be back home. Okay, <laughs> um, it's it's different because uh, for ten days I didn't shower, um, and you're just dirty, and there's there's nothing really other than the hike. You know, there's not a movie theater that you can just go sit and watch a movie. There's nothing to do on the mountain. Can't
0: even watch it on your phone, really, unless you brought <laughs> it with you. Nah, man, uh, the view from base camp. What's it like? What are you looking at?
3: You can't even see the top of Everest. How high much higher is Everest from there? Another uh, uh, it's 29,000. Oh, no, 10,000. And you said base camp's what, 18? 17. 17? 17? Yes, yeah. 12,000 more feet. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my but God. But you can't even see it. It's hidden behind another mountain. It's just rocks and part of a glacier, the Khumbu Icefall.
0: The what Icefall? Khumbu. Khumbu.
3: I like the word, so I remembered it. Khumbu. Yeah. And you say Icefall. It's a waterfall. It's just frozen. Yeah. It's just a uh, glacier. Slowly moving down the mountain, okay, all the way down, and then it hits a river, and the water's really pretty. It's really blue, like light, light blue, but you don't want to drink it in certain areas because all the knacks and yaks go in there. Now, the, the, the Sherpas, they know which parts of the water that they can drink from because they know what's past that hill, and if there's a farm over there, and they're keeping a bunch of yaks and knacks and that gets into the water table. So they knew where they could drink. But
0: They're just local in other land.
3: Yeah. I had one of those uh life straws. Yeah. But I didn't trust it. I wasn't gonna try it out in the middle of nowhere.
0: You didn't try it? I didn't. Did anybody in a, were you so were you with a group at all as you guys were
3: hiking? No. Um so uh Angie's <laughs> <laughs> I got it, I got it. Uh, <laughs> Do you see that moment of huh? <laughs> uh, Angie's uh stepfather has gone over to nepal for about a dozen times and last year when we were in japan uh we were walking around and i was kind of picking his brain about climbing to Everest Base camp i said that that was always something that i wanted to do and so he had one more year in him he said to go over there and took us so i went with somebody that's been over there a dozen times and that was nice because it's definitely not a trip as daunting as it is that you would just want to go over and trust yourself and a guide that you've never met.
2: Yeah, not really one of those figure-it-out-when-you-get-there sort of <laughs> <No>. trips.
3: Yeah, <laughs> Like, uh, you know, the Diamox. Uh, we were walking around, and he knew exactly where to go for the pharmacy. And, you know, it's around a corner this way, and there's no way I would have found that, you know. Is GPS and stuff working on your phone, any of that? Um, I have uh, maps.me, which is uh, a map app that works off of GPS, and you download the map so you don't have to use data. So you don't have use to use data. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah. And that worked most of the time I was over there. But uh, you can get uh, internet over there, so you can actually have Wi-Fi. Oh, and cool! I guess like movies. different SIM card and stuff like that. Yeah, all right. And uh, they just have the towers on the tops of the mountains and beam down to you. So it, it's it's not as third world as you would think. Um, you know, God, how's how's the food there? Uh, a lot of dalbot, which is no lentils. Idea. Okay, curried potatoes. Yep. What and about whatever dumplings? Vegetables. They got dumplings. <coughs> uh, they had. I mean, y- I guess they had dumplings. Um, they had garlic soup, garlic soup, and bot was what I ate. So it makes me think it's like Indian food. The dal mm-hmm. part, okay. Yeah, you're right next to India, so <laughs> there's a there's a good bit of Indian flair. Mm. But they have pizzas. Uh, you could get a pizza all the way up at Gorak Shep, which is the highest. That's the last stop, right? Yeah, the last stop. Yeah. Um, and you could get a beer there. You could get the menus were pretty um advanced for like climbing up a mountain but their normal thing is uh the doll bhat. and after <laughs> climbing and where i felt that i was losing weight and burning 5,000 calories a day uh i chose to eat doll bhat because you can get second and third helpings of it
2: there you go that's a smart man and i love
0: indian food man <laughs> i would i would probably be eating mainly indian while i was there <laughs> i did i love good I indian love food. Food. do you
2: have a, a, a indian joint in the city or here that you like um, there's
0: really only one, at least on this end of town, um, I know that sounds weird to say this end, but the other end of Pearland's like 30 minutes, 40 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really small one in a strip mall. Um, I can't even think the name of it, but you know where a discount tire is? Yeah. Right next to it's a little Indian Swadeshi Swa- Swa- Market or whatever it is, uh, connected to that as a
2: small. Okay. One. No, I actually walked uh, by that not, not too long ago.
0: Yeah. It's super good. Uh, they do a Sunday buffet. That uh, oh sounds buffet. so great. Yeah, mm. but you know Sundays we commonly work. So indeed, uh, when Val and I get a Sunday off, we're gonna try to hit it there. Uh, We've got some good Indian food over
3: in Sugarland, Missouri. Yes, you City. do.
0: Yeah. There and up at uh, up 59 a little bit um, Shepherd area. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, there's a little Indian man. Oh my God, there's some really really good Indian
2: food places. I've I've been there the last two Christmases. Where? Indian, that like there's this <laughs> complex there right off 59 mm-hmm. where there are like four different Indian restaurants. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Went there with uh, KDP and Francisco this year. Where'd you go? I don't remember the name of the place, but they were not super friendly, but the food was good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so in Sugar Land and where you're talking, both uh, there's a place called Udipi Cafe. I don't know if you've seen that in Sugarland. Land. Um, it's on Highway 6 somewhere. Okay. Um, and then it's it's that in the I complex. know exactly
3: where it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, super good, man. Super On the right side from where I live, yeah. Yes. So
2: what, what was the most beautiful thing you saw in Nepal? Was there a view that uh, oh, stands out over any others? Yeah,
3: Angie. <laughs> um, no, so above 13,700 feet, mm-hmm. uh, there's no trees. Trees can't grow. So everything below thirteen thousand seven hundred feet was beautiful. Above that, it just y- you feel like you could be on Mars, uh, especially when you get up super high and it's just rocks.
0: Mm-hmm. D- and you get to the point where you don't see anything but rocks. You There's can't no see vegetation. It's just rocks. you can't see down into the world and see the green valley below you. No,
3: no, and because it, it's it's not um, it's not just a straight up climb. You're That's going right. through valleys and. Um, Actually, the uh, before we went, uh, I did a lot of YouTubing, and you can YouTube a Google path of the trip from Lukla over, and it's just somebody on Google Earth going and scrolling through the path, and, and it gives you a real good sense of what the actual climb is, and you see the ups and downs. And How
0: many valleys. miles did you walk? So you said 19,000 <laughs> feet total total climb, total mm-hmm. ascent
3: time. 80. 80 miles. Mm-hmm. In 10 days? Uh, 14 total, because it took another few days to get down. I think it's 14 or 16, including the days of acclimation. I think it was like 16. Man, that's so nuts. I've got a journal and a logbook. I should have brought it.
0: I would love to do that. There's no chance um, I could do that with Valerie. Uh-huh. I love the girl to death. We, uh, she's got asthma. She carries inhaler with her all the time. and That would be tough. We did some hiking in New Zealand in like an hour and a half hike. Said and done, I was carrying both our backpacks. I don't think I had to. It was a huge help for her, and we had to make regular stops. Mm-hmm. So it's something that, uh, you know, it's one of those experiences I would love to share with my wife. I just don't know. Sorry, wife, I gave your uh, medical history away now. Um, but uh,
3: Angie will never share it with me again. She has no one to go back over She's there. like,
0: screw you. You're lucky we're still married after that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Actually, we never fought the entire time.
0: She didn't have the energy to. No. <laughs> That's on the <laughs> <altitude>. <laughs> Take your wife to 13,000 feet and live if you don't want to fight. That's, <laughs> That's what I'm learning. So I want to go backwards to skydiving because okay. one of the big reasons we had you here or I asked you here is is partially the golf background. And I, I got a question that goes into skydiving. But as a skydiver, you've been an instructor, a videographer, a fun jumper. You've flown on a four way team. Um, and there's a few other
3: uh, swooper who likes to go downwind a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that one picture on uh, <laughs> yeah. the Gravity Labs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for finding that.
0: <laughs> oh, man, it <laughs> was your profile right picture, right so I figured it, it was, was worth keeping. Oh, yeah.
3: Um, Stupid hurts.
0: As a golf pro, you taught a lot of uh, golf. Mm-hmm. Did you get any training to be a golf pro? To actually Was there any education, or was it just learning to do it through time? Uh,
3: through time. Um, you know, there's trial and error. uh I had watched my father teach. I had gone to a lot of golf instructors for my own golf, and, mm-hmm. and the things that work worked for me, um, I would steal from the golf instructor. I mean, mm-hmm. you know good artists borrow great artists, steal. So I would, I would try to steal a lot of that stuff and, and kind of build my own uh, way of teaching. Um, I would ask if somebody was uh, an engineer what, what they did for work. And if they were an engineer, I would, I would kind of gear my teaching a little differently, um, because they want to know why you're telling them to do this. Other people, you can just say, you know, this is kind of the, the impact fix. And um, for an engineer, you would have to explain that the club's coming down on the golf ball, and you're creating <laughs> backspin. And the backspin's going to create the lift on the golf ball, because it's got dimples and more surface area than just a circle.
4: It's funny you say that because <laughs> I did uh, lessons with uh, Golf Tech uh-huh. where they hook up the sensors and yeah. you can actually see like all the lines and everything that's happening through the swing mm-hmm. and you can analyze it that way and that's the entire reason why I did that. Because I want to see, oh, this is the angle of my hip relative to my shoulder relative to my elbow and the where the club's it's facing. a ton of data. And you can see exactly what's happening and why you need to see? do it that Engineer. way. And, and the curve of the ball on the simulator is directly affected by changing the path. The the, the path of
3: the club coming yeah. down if the club face is open and you're cutting mm-hmm. across it or it's hooded. And yeah.
4: And it, it's, it's crazy, like, thinking about it as, okay, this is where I want to end up. I want to go from here to here, but I don't know how to get there without knowing I need to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of weird. But you end up saying, oh, you just have to do this at the end. No. You said the point that way. <laughs>
3: well, and, and a lot of people, they get caught up on the backswing and taking the club back and the, the downswing to impact. But nobody ever thinks of impact is that one point that tells that little ball where to go. And that's the only communication. That's from the club head through the shaft, through the grip, through your hands. And that's the one point like, that tells that. Wow! thank you. <laughs> You were supposed <laughs> to do this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the <laughs> other. That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> that there's that signal too. <laughs> uh, and then the the follow through, like you said, because if, if yeah. you have impact and no impact position and no your follow through, the rest of the swing kind of works focus itself like out. On
4: the timing, that was that was the hardest part for me.
3: I so think. I want to bring that into skydiving,
0: and, and it, it's a great, pr- it's a perfect kind of segue. You talk about as a as a. Golf pro or golf coach, i got to read each customer. Mm-hmm. Skydiving, same thing. Absolutely. <coughs> how, how would you deal with that engineer versus uh, artistic kind of mindset? Engineer will explain
3: all the skydiving gear, how it works. <coughs> um, Nick's probably seen it a few times where I'll, I'll take a student and I'll show them the cutaway system and how the three-ring works, the RSL, that if everything goes wrong on the skydive and I have a heart attack, even though the FAA says that I'm not going to die in five years in natural causes, <laughs> the <laughs> AAD is going to send uh, a cutter through the reserve closing loop and initiate the reserve closing, uh, the reserve deployment sequence.
0: It's, it's so interesting to watch people teach in skydiving because so many of them, uh, there's so many great teachers at a style. Like, I can teach this way really well. So if you learn my way, dude, I'm I'm going to crush it. Mm-hmm. I think actually almost everybody's good at teaching a way. Um, your way might not be the best way for anybody else, but no. it's a great
3: way. And that's the nice thing about <coughs> Spaceland with all the STP instructors. Uh, if I'm not getting through to you, hey, here's my buddy Nick. Try but, working with him.
0: But I want to localize it more than that okay. because I think you're a good example of this next thing you don't, there's a lot more chances with you. I think I'm pretty good at being diversified in teaching. Like, oh, this is how you learn? Okay. Not my favorite way to teach, but I really don't fucking care. You learn is my favorite way to teach. Mm -hmm. And you're always good, or usually good at adapting to to most students. Um, We can't adapt to them all. So with skydiving students, let's say you've got somebody who, just find an issue, think of an issue. How can you help other instructors understand how to break through those
3: barriers? Um... One of the things that I, I find, uh, is for landings, landing pattern, talking on the radio, mm-hmm. um, less is more Oh yeah. and, and cause it is nerve wracking as an instructor trying to land a student and, and feeling like you're solely responsible for getting the student on the ground safely. Um, and we start saying a bunch of words and, and. By the end of it, the student has no idea what you're saying to them. They can't hear it half the time. And they land off, and it's it's frustrating. Um, I've learned with that that left, 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 right, 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 hands up, hands up, flare, flare, flare. It's the only thing you're going to hear from me. Other than, DJ, nice skydive. Give me a flare so I know you're there at the beginning of it. And those are the only words I use. You yeah. know.
0: But you're talking to a student now on the ground. We're training at the mm-hmm. very beginning. Um, a great example, i got to practice touching my handle. Hey, Tony, when you practice touching your handle, if you leave one hand out and bring one hand back, you're going to possibly roll over, you're going to go on to your back, so you want to raise the other hand up to create this balance, this head up. There's such a great detailed explanation mm-hmm. that most people just need to understand. Raise your left hand as you touch your handle, Keeps you balanced. Where's the meat between Like, it, it, At some point, you're going to tell some student this is how you do it. At some point, you explain it engineer-wise. Engineerically.
2: Engineerically.
0: Engineeronomically. And Nick, <laughs> if you've got an answer to this, throw it in, please.
2: Oh, uh, I mean, I, I think that the, the point you're trying to expand on is just that different people learn in different ways. And someone with a skill set like Tony is good at adapting to the people who might learn in a, in a way that it's different from what he's most comfortable teaching. But is that the
3: question you're, is that what you're asking? Yeah, after? it I is, man. I mean, g- I guess if I, if I explain it the stock way and they still have a deer in the headlights look on their face, I'll try a, a different way. I might put them on okay. the creeper and, and try that way. Um,
0: so, yeah, Nick, you kind of helped me narrow down. I, I think the better statement was, is what do you do differently to adjust? And you just explain that. Keep so
3: on saying a bunch of stuff until something sticks. <laughs> 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 yeah, you can see. I mean, just w- when you're teaching something them to, them to somebody, the <laughs> you can generally see
2: that, Do light, it this way. that light coming on, that what you're saying is making sense mm-hmm. to them. Like, you'll start to get that nod. You'll start to see them thinking. You'll start to see them process it. And if you were to ask them to explain it back to you, they're probably going to have an okay, you know, they'll at least have a couple bullet points. Yeah. But I, I feel like you. I at least feel like I have a good sense for when no offense to the Asian folks. When I'm speaking Chinese <laughs> to somebody, you know, uh-huh. where I can just tell it's like, hey, nothing, nothing I'm saying right now
3: is getting through to this person. Did that
2: neck too hurt? Shut the fuck
3: up. <laughs> 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 See, I find that with uh, police officers and Asians that. You have to really instill <laughs> <laughs> to look before you turn.
4: Oh, yeah. Because they don't look. It's Rook.
0: <laughs> then we'd understand. It. You
2: Rook.
4: Police officers <laughs> of Asians. I just oh want to know how God. those are lumped <laughs> together. Hold on. This, <laughs> is, this is
2: pretty racist and pretty funny. But we had uh, an international student in this this week who was looking for Leo. And he said, asked if I had seen Rio. Rio? My name is Rio. I felt (laughs) so bad when he was like, yeah, I'm working with Rio. And I was like, Rio? Like, do we get a new person that I haven't met yet? This was the first thought to go through my head. And I was like, what's the name? Rio. I was like, oh, I'm an asshole. You're saying Leo. (laughs) All right. Sorry. How do you spell that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Man, but then try to pronounce all them Chinese students' names. (laughs)
2: Dude, yeah. it's getting racist. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> we uh, last year at SpaceLand we graduated in Houston. We graduated 178 a licenses, uh, just in Houston. And I got the whole list from USPA of, of who all our students were. And I looked at all because all these Chinese students who come through here. Yeah, they're flying in from my China. My name's Bob. Yeah, my name's Joe. My, they they Americanize their name. And thank you guys so much. And I looked at the list of names of a licenses this
3: year. Oh, my God. It w- It's difficult. I felt like there was a drug prescription going on somewhere. Yeah, they Americanized <laughs> my middle name to George. To George? Yeah.
0: Your middle name. Um, we'll come
3: back to your middle name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
3: Do you know, have you ever
0: noticed he has a, hold on, a hmm Do you ever notice he has a Jideo on his gear? Yeah, I've noticed.
3: Yeah, do Zeno you know what Jersey, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. know what it's for?
2: Gosh, I feel like I've heard you tell this story, but I don't recall.
3: It's my middle name. Yeah. Which was my great grandfather's name? Great grandfather. That's what I yes. remember. That's why it was unique. Yep. Yeah. And uh, when he came over on the boat from Italy, they were like, "Agidio, what? No, from now on, your name's George." <laughs> and that's my father's name. <laughs> so, well, it's easier for me. M- much George easier for everybody. <laughs> um. <coughs>
0: anyways, yes. The, the The idea is is you ask people questions differently, and sometimes you have to ask it the or say it the exact same way.
3: I taught 20 people how to skydive uh, back in the day when I was learning how to skydive. And I didn't even tell them that we were skydiving. I was teaching yoga for three years. And it was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class. And when we'd do backbends, I would be in my nice boxman arch position. I'd look before I turned. And then I'd wave off and pull after I tracked. <laughs> and... They would just <laughs> follow the instructor and see that I was in this boxman position instead of just laying out in a back bend, and they were just perfect skydivers. <laughs> <Did> Twenty <laughs> of them. <laughs> Didn't he no, them I couldn't <laughs> get any of them to go skydive. <laughs> did, at any point,
2: did you say you guys were skydiving? By the way, <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh I my finally figured it out. Have you seen? Uh, it's a documentary called Kumare. Huh. This this guy pretends to be a yoga guru. He pretends <laughs> to be from India. So his grandmother's <laughs> from India. Great, it's, dude. It's so good because it, it it was a big reminder of why I struggle to attend a yoga class. But he <laughs> his his grandmother is Indian, so he's been around the accent his entire life. And uh, making her brain. So he he decides that he's gonna pretend to be an Indian yoga guru, and that he's gonna get this following of people, and lie to them. And he just basically <laughs> tricks them into doing a <laughs> bunch of crazy fucking yoga poses <laughs> and sticking their tongue out and making weird noises and shit. <laughs> and then at the end of the documentary, he comes out. He's shaving his beard, and he's all cleaned up, and he's like, hey, I wanted to tell you guys this was kind of a social experiment. But some of these people fucking worshipped this guy. Like, wow. talked about him like he was the Dalai Lama. I mean... When they sh-
3: were interviewed on the
2: side. Yeah, like before before this reveal had happened. <laughs> they would talk about... You know, th- his energy and this light and th- all this stuff, <laughs> you know, stuff that you would kind of hear in the vernacular of someone who's uh-huh. super into the spiritual side of yoga. They're just, t- they're fully drinking the Kool-Aid, you know? Oh, yeah. And then some of them got really upset during this, uh, this reveal of, <laughs> hey, this person isn't actually, a- this is an American person, no accent, you've been <laughs> fooled by him. And some of them were just like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> <All right." laughs> but, uh, but it just made me think of like, man, how silly is some of the stuff I'm being talked into doing in a yoga class? Like, how how dumb is it when he was making people do this stuff that yeah. he had just invented just to see how silly he could make people behave. That's funny. And it's like th- hearing you talk about putting people through the bottom. Dance, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of funny, mm-hmm. but makes me wonder, <laughs> Is yoga as (laughs) spiritual as it seems, or is this guy just Pomare and Tony have have issues
3: (laughs) on yoga? (laughs) On artist yoga. That's (laughs) what I'm learning about tonight. (laughs) Uh, So,
2: uh, how how did you get started in teaching yoga?
3: I was in the class. um, I I got into yoga uh, for flexibility for golf. Okay. And so I was. Shoulders?
2: Is that the big flexibility thing? Back
3: back and uh, back core you you want a strong core in, in golf uh, and you want good posture um, proper posture is the first thing that people lose in golf okay and they're set up they all just right. get slouch they get over the ball okay we're loosening it up so we're going to yoga yeah. all right and uh, the the teacher um, she was leaving to she got transferred her real job to Houston actually and I was in Baton Rouge at the time and she asked if I would teach the class i'm like i've never taught a yoga class but okay and uh you you definitely learn how to teach in anything i remember the first time i tried teaching you uh skydiving when we were going through stp and how brutal it was and uh the same thing in the yoga um i stuttered the first few times and (laughs) uh worked through it and by the end of it um I felt that I had a a pretty good practice. I had a, a 60 and a 90 minute practice that I could do. And I had a real soothing voice. It seems like you're kind of putting <laughs> me to sleep right
2: now. Just talking about when it. When you
0: find your groove, it's because I've got to work
3: with you as an yeah. instructor. When
0: you find your groove, you do really, really well with it. But you just want your groove first.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: It, it's And really, it's unfortunate in training programs. There's so, so many times that... That people are just nervous and can't find their groove just because this guy's just looking at me, d- d- deciding if he likes what I'm doing or not. <laughs> uh, and then He's also judging. Yeah. And then there's also the problem of we're judging within a confines. I think the USPA guidelines and, and the guidelines we're, we're asking people to teach on are very realistic and very good. But at the same time, I like a little latitude where I'm like, well, this is not fitting these guidelines, but this is super effective and this guy will do a great job with this method. But then you get to the fairness of subjective versus objective. Like, oh, yeah, hey, man, no, Nick, I I like you. Yeah, the way you do it's just fine because I I like the way you do it. It, It's not fair. Um, You just kind of find your own way of teaching. Um, I think you understand good Mm -hmm. theory, uh, but I think it came from your golf pro days, and that's kind of like why I asked about your your skydiving coaching and how you adapt. Yeah. Um, you, You do a nice job of it. Thank you.
2: Excuse me. So... You taught you. Did you ha- like go through s- where I yeah. started doing yoga? They tried to sell me on the yoga teaching trainer <laughs> nonsense.
3: This and was, was like at a gym, okay. Calloway's uh, gym, in Baton Rouge, and it was just a class Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the evening. Um, had between twenty and thirty-five people in the class. Okay, just hold on a second. They tried to get you into the what part of it?
2: <laughs> yoga teacher training. So um, they'll. This is. Something that they offered to—they offered it to me after I had been do, doing yoga for a few months, and I thought that that was very odd.
3: For a certification? Yeah, yeah I'm th- completely uncertified. I was <laughs> just leading a class, and, and I believe if
2: you've been <laughs> through a class enough time, like I feel like I could host a pretty reasonable yoga class. Yeah just because the number of classes I've seen do it and the similarities in the flow that most people build. All right? you're doing
3: is copying a class that you yeah, really Yeah, and liked.
2: I can look up some obscure passage in a book and pretend like I have some important shit to say before the class. <laughs> I didn't day. even do that. They do that shit, though. All you right? know yeah. they do that. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I had a girl uh,
3: argue that I said namaste wrong after class. And she that sounds
2: <laughs> like a real <laughs> gem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, but they. So I had been going for a few months, and they're like, "Hey, we have a, a teacher training class coming up, and yada yada." They give you a list of twenty books that you're supposed to read before you come to the class. So how they much was the certification? Brainwash you, and then it's I think three or four thousand dollars to go through this uh, class where you meet a couple of times a week, and they talk about about yoga. But I r- quickly realized, like, oh, this is a whole another side of the business for you guys. Mm. You put 10 students in this teacher training class. You do these a few times a year, and it's $3,000 a pop. Yeah, you probably make some serious dough on something. Nick, like
3: let's do that. Have I our own d- yoga certification. Dude,
2: then when I said no <laughs> to this, <laughs> the guy was like, dude, I get requests all the time from girls and women to come host private classes. And <laughs> it was like, oh, this is the <laughs> spiritual side of yoga that we're uh-huh. all talking about. I get it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I was, uh, I think I was interested in the idea for, for a minute until I thought about, like, how would I feel if a skydiver who had been skydiving for three months was taking an instructor rating course? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's like, man, yeah, someone should have, like, just because I can fucking do handstands, like, doesn't (laughs) doesn't mean I know anything about yoga. Yeah, and,
3: uh, I mean, uh, when I taught the yoga, it was more for just an exercise, and that people went to the class for 60 minutes, they got their cardio up, and... They stretched out their muscles and they felt better after. See, and that's great.
2: I can get into some exercise. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. I, aside from that Kumari documentary, I just kind of <laughs> realized, like, as I was sitting in a yoga class, I just realized that I had just. I'm at somebody else's church right now, mm-hmm. and I didn't sign up to like most of the <laughs> stuff that you, that you'll hear most yoga instructors say at the front of a class. is pretty positive stuff mm-hmm. that normally I would agree with like yeah that's all good but i would say that that's pretty true about most religions that if you listen to the guy talking at the front most of it's probably pretty decent stuff that you'd probably agree with but i just realized i was hearing a lot of stuff that i didn't sign up to hear Mm -hmm. you know especially when it seemed like there were quite a bit of contradiction contradictions from what was being presented of like oh this love and acceptance and non-judgment and it's like well why the fuck is everyone in here wearing $200 spandex outfits if, if <laughs> no <laughs> one's judging each other? And yeah, and try then, to go in
3: there in some Walmart sweats. Yeah, and sweats. then you'd see some some <laughs> namaste, like I love
2: everybody, community, uh-huh. connect with everyone. And then you'd see one of these people, like the, the yoga studio that I was super into was right across the street from Whole Foods. And so you'd see someone... At Whole Foods that you had just done <laughs> yoga with, and you give this, hey, like, hey, like, like yeah. we were just at the same place, and they totally are too fucking cool for school. After mm-hmm. that, and it's like, oh, that community thing, that was bullshit too. <laughs> Fits in with your <laughs> outfit. So, so I had a, uh, th- these are all things that I would think about that made me not want to do a community yoga class. Yeah, and then I would also, this is uh, me owning my shithead part of it. It's like, why, why am I here? in the front row with no shirt on doing handstands at every opportunity like am <laughs> i am i trying to show some <laughs> shit off to, to someone like would i feel the very s- same about this yoga practice if i did it in a dark room by myself than i would if uh, the you know classroom full of 70 people mm-hmm. and i couldn't answer that question honestly either so i just decided
3: i didn't yeah. need to be there <laughs> <laughs> what what led to the end of your uh, yoga days uh i moved and I actually passed the torch on to one of my students that had been in the class. And she was Indian, uh, an older lady. But uh, she ended up taking the reins after I did it for three years. And, and she did it. And I went back to Baton Rouge about a year after and took a class with her. And she was doing it and still doing it. So it was, it was a good group. It was There was a core nucleus of about 20 people, um, that 15 would show up every time. And it was a good group. It was kind of the, the good things of yoga that uh, didn't get into all the other things. D- did you get Nobody to Nobody was wearing Lululemon. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> what year is this? Uh, oof. Ten years ago. So, yeah, I don't even yeah, think Lululemon was out. before that shit blew up. Yeah. How many
0: Lululemon outfits do you have?
2: Not very many anymore. I anymore. <laughs> Are you wearing a Lululemon <laughs> shirt? I still have, like, a Lululemon jacket. <laughs> I might still have one one pair of pants, but my uh, my stretchy pants days have are passed they over? Maybe. I don't know. Whatever happened with the gorilla stretchy? Dude, I still pants? wear Aww. I still wear those, those pretty often, awesome. just under other pants. Like gorilla stretchy pants? Yeah, the oh, they're amazing. like if I put my legs together, you see this big gorilla face. It's a it's a shout out to my man Harambe. No <laughs> big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but did you did you see any of your yoga students start after you and then surpass you and In skill in yoga?
3: Um, There were some good students in there. Um, There were ones where I would have to challenge myself. But I was doing yoga at the time three times a week for class, but then another three or four times for myself and to further my own instruction. Um, So at the time, I could do some some awesome headstands and handstands. So I don't know if you've
2: seen this in... uh, golfer and yoga, but I bet we've all seen it in skydiving, of someone who starts far later than you and <sighs> then surpasses your skill level and then you get to see him... Yeah, anybody that's on the jump you. package. Nick Reyes. <laughs> <Rays. laughs> Nick <laughs> Reyes is a big one, <laughs> <laughs> Natural yeah. Natural talent mm, there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. When
3: he swoops over in uh, the mountains.
0: You Have you hit got to that point yet? You haven't been an instructor super long, really.
3: I've been a tandem instructor yeah, for right.
0: seven years. Have any of your students gotten to the point where you're like, you're definitely a better flyer? Oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick uh, Sienna. Uh, Sierra. Sierra. I taught... Sierra. 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 I always butcher your last name. I'm sorry. It's cool. Um, you, you can see who your, who your real friends are. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited for him to listen to this <laughs> in <listen laughs> here.
2: Have you actually noticed the size of that freak's hands? No. Does he have, like, no. tiny little girl Dude. hands or big old no, man hands? No,
0: man. It's like... Planet of the Apes visited his hands alone. Well,
2: he's going to choke the shit out of both of you <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Nick's, Nick's
0: hands are just a freak of nature. Stare at him next time you see him. That'll I will. Be good for I, you. will.
3: Um, I love you, Nick. But yeah, Nick uh, Nick was up in Cleveland at the same time I was up in Cleveland uh, when I was working a job there a year and a half ago. And he comes up and gives me a big old bear hug. I'm like, oh my gosh, Nick. And I think we were celebrating his 300th jump that weekend. And I just happened to be on it. Nice. Because uh, he was there. And then uh, we did his 500th jump not too long ago.
0: He's got 500 jumps now? Yeah.
3: Yeah, he asked me actually to uh, lead the jump. And it was with a bunch of uh, the cool kids that are all on the jump package. Oh. And I'm like, I'm just a tandem instructor. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. But uh, we did a SCR, a 10-way, 9-way SCR with uh, outside video. In a wingsuit? What What is an SCR yeah.
2: for some of our newer jumpers or people who aren't from Texas?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it originated in California.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> I was in Utah, and I didn't make it there. So I started <laughs> in California.
0: Didn't know what an
3: SCR was, <laughs> so I moved here.
4: Chuck Akers. <laughs>
3: Actually, Texas. wasn't there a guy that was going around spreading... The Orbeezu. ability. <laughs> 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 I, I, thought I thought we agreed agree not to <laughs> talk about that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean to give uh, that to you, Justin. In. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was going around uh, teaching everybody, and, and I think it was like most of the drop zones were Cessna drop zones, and you could do an SCR out of two planes, mm-hmm. non-linked, and get eight but people together.
2: SCR, Starcrest round. Yes. Recipient. recipient. Oh, Starcrest recipient. Yes, sir.
4: Bob Bernquist Memorial.
0: Yes, sir. So the first, it, it used to be a big deal to do an eight way because Tony, you said it. Uh, doing two, an eight way out two, of a plane two doesn't four work. Ways yeah. Out. Yeah. yeah, two small Cessnas and the guy who happened to video the first one. He hap- they happened to get video on the first time they did this, and he uh, he got the video and they actually named the award after him. So in skydiving, um, it's an eight way speed star. Um, you, that's basically all it is. And I say it's all it is. It's something accomplishing. I think it is a big deal. But it's not that the big deal it once was. Um at you know, SCS Starcrest Soloist. I was going to
2: invent a very disgusting yeah. acronym, yeah. so I'm glad you came out with it first. It is the... Uh, Starcrest Soloist? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: docking 8th oh. or Last, or later, rather. Or later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 8th or so Last. So it can I be bigger
2: it. than
4: an 8-way.
3: Yeah. And they have Knight SCRs. Vertical. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's a big... It's
4: quite a bit of them.
3: Uh, yeah, it really I What's the Are you looking at it right
4: now? I'm I'm pulling it up, yeah.
3: There's I a four-way one where you have to get outside video. Um. the f- universal
0: Oh, skydiver. it's that like one's the, badass it's, it's almost like the aquatic all dolphin. Access? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's called USA Universal Skydiver Award. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I don't know if that's part of the SCR, SCR group.
4: Bob Bucor. Sorry, I pronounced his name wrong.
0: It's Bob Burnquest, isn't it?
4: Bob Bucor.
0: The Bob Burnquest Memorial. <laughs> Um. (laughs) Anyways, SCR. That's what it is. You start. uh, One of the things that you've done more recently is you did a four way team.
3: I did. Toxic. Toxic envy. And who was on that team? Uh, well, the team was uh, my wife, Angie. Um, and started out with uh, Will Miller, and then Allison replaced him halfway through the season, and Andrew Clayton, as tail.
2: Oh yeah. Angie was
3: point. Allison was and inside Andy center. Dorito
2: Hang on. Let's, let's, let's continue and Andy to... Andy Narito uh,
3: as video. Sorry, we always forget the videographer. Let, let's stoke
2: some more interest in some new jumpers about 4-Way. So you're talking about yeah. tail and point. Yes. What does that mean?
3: Uh, so um, you've got your inside and outside center, and they're the base of the formation. And your tail and point are the ornaments that come into a lot ornaments. of the formations. Yes, that's Ornance. right. That's not
2: a, that's not a word I'm, I've... I didn't yeah. ever do four-way belly. Playing, so.
4: It's because the centers is all all that matters. Pretty much. Oh, so you're just yeah, you're a center. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If if uh, <laughs> if the ornaments aren't there, they're fucking up. They should be with the centers. If the center is low, they're supposed to go to the center. Okay, and the then <laughs> control the fall rate and everything. Yeah. It's all about us. <laughs> That's We right. take
3: over 90% of the tunnel. Exactly. They're just in the corner. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> they can just angle themselves
2: against the glass.
4: <laughs> so so
2: these <laughs> Angie ornaments... Angie does a really <laughs> nice <laughs> job <about> So <laughs> that.
3: I'm, I'm looking at a at
2: a four-way team set up in the door. We've got a video guy who's probably out on the camera step. Yep. I've got four people in the door. Two... Uh, is it... Uh, so
3: tail and outside center are outside the plane.
2: Okay. So it's two out, two in.
3: Uh-huh. Okay. And then uh, point and inside center are inside the plane.
2: So are there any formations uh, that you would launch substantially different than that? We just launched H's, or bows. Okay, so uh, this is a cool idea to explore. So depending on what the first point is, Mm -hmm. the first point might really suck, right? Right. Yeah. So it it we'll make a this a a even more simple. Like a so block when we're when we're talking about uh we'll just explain some basic vernacular here. So when we're talking about points. A mm-hmm. point is a f- another word for a formation, right? Yep. And a block is a point that moves, so it's got a starting point, a movement and an ending point. Yes. And then a random is just a shape, just right? a shape. So um blocks are two points, randoms randoms one are point. one point. Mm-hmm. So um what w- I'll let you t- uh, explain it. What's the strategy if the the first point so if you on the draw, you have to you don't start scoring points until you build that first build formation. Build right? point. So if that first point is something super crazy, how do we how do we get around that? So
3: we launched H's for consistency, so we knew that we could launch an H, and uh, through the entire year we never funneled an, uh, an exit, mm-hmm. um, and which is very
4: impressive. Th- thank you.
3: And uh, and Andy never busted a point via camera at nationals thank because you, you guys Andy gave him a solid. It. Yeah. Shout
4: out to Mr. Yeah. Dorito. Yeah.
3: Uh, <laughs> so we launched H's, which allowed us to launch a consistent point, mm-hmm. even though it didn't count as a point.
2: Right, but you're getting it out into the wind, in and it's we're getting out into way, the wind. So, so you can start uh, our the first
3: meet. ten seconds is the hill, and you're you're working on that ten seconds because you've only got thirty five seconds of working time. So that's a, a big portion of that, and we would slowly move from that H into our first point, and. If it was a block, maybe get to the closing of that block by the end of the hill. Uh, If it was a random, maybe do two um, randoms on the hill. So we were an eight-point team. uh, That's what you averaged at nationals? Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, for the first year for all of us doing it. um, And we had a blast. Uh, We were talking about it tonight at dinner, just how much fun it was. What, What did you enjoy most about it? uh flying with four other people that i didn't have to worry about in the uh-huh. sky yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> very <laughs> uncommon isn't it isn't it crazy I to know how by yourself <laughs> yeah, how i can track away and not worry about yeah. any of these others
2: but how steep that learning curve gets when you're with people who you kind of get to a feel for you kind of mm-hmm. get in the zone you're not worried about them doing something crazy and uh you get an idea of how how the you know the seven moves or whatever, mm-hmm. and you kind of get, get this feel for a person. Um, how, how did that change your
3: uh, skydiving skill set? Um, I had to stay in my slot. Because you're, you're a center. I'm a center. Um, so a lot of center point turning. Um, you're trying not to have the formation breathe at all so you can get to the next point. Um, so I was able to, for the first time in a while, work on myself. Because the other three are working on their selves, and the videographer's doing his thing. And so I got to focus on me in skydiving, um, which when we're teaching, you, you're really not doing. You're, you're On a tandem, you're trying to provide a, a very good time and some knowledge to a student, but you're not working on yourself. You're not flying your body. Um, yeah, you're, you're at least flying not working a, a solo flying skill set. Yeah, and yep. the same thing in... Um, in STP or AFF, um, you're worried about where the student's going to be, trying to predict where he's going. Um, so, again, you're, you're, you're more focused on something else, not yourself. Um, and it was nice to be able to do, I think we did 79 practice jumps, about seven hours in the tunnel, and then did 12 jumps at nationals, two practice jumps, and then 10 jumps for nationals um
4: i feel like what you're saying is especially true for outside center uh because i i flew the same thing and had the same experience i I've, yeah. I've been basically only mentoring and and doing student jumps how much better so was long. your
3: flying when you went back to mentoring oh yeah My, like Amazingly mine better. when i went yeah. did you're some hyper AFF aware jumps?
4: of of all the movements that are happening mm-hmm. and uh, i'm just like Speaking from four way, the the outside center all typically always has the biggest movements. So you're having to do your moves quite a bit faster than everybody else and be there ready for when they're about to close and get there. You know, especially when, when you're doing like a feel a, like a wash fourteen machine or something the time. where you're out in the front yep. and you like swinging spin around. real quick yeah. and like wait for them to close and then kick your in, you know, afterwards. It's 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 really mechanical. Yeah. It's crazy how much better your flying gets.
3: Oh, I was, AFF got, uh, AFF's not easy, but um, I was closer than I was before I started four-way. Yeah, uh, for sure. One of the things I
0: tell people all the time, uh, what can I do to get ready for an AFF course is go get on a four-way team, do a year of four-way <laughs> yeah. before you do the AFF course. It teaches you to fly your slot. It teaches you to predict and read other bodies, which you need to do with a student both ways.
4: Um, and, and I feel like as importantly, if not more importantly, manage an exit and keep it from funneling and knowing where to be <laughs> and what to do <laughs> in a fraction of a fucking second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think that, I definitely think that helps no doubt with four way. And I think for years, uh, that was a better, uh, uh, almost an only answer, but now, uh, free flyers are getting so good at launching good smart chunks. You know, when we used to launch sit fly exits, we would launch back fly and belly fly. You mm-hmm. know, the guy in the front would be back flying the guy in the where now we're actually launching our exits feet into the relative wind. So I've actually seen free flyers do a phenomenal job of dealing with funneled exits because they're used to that varying orientation. So free flying the exit. I think four-way definitely helps, but so would free flying. But for AFF, the fall skill, the free fall skills themselves, man. Oh. And, the, and the knowledge of the hill. Yeah, understanding um, where the wind is, how the wind is there. It yeah. definitely
2: <laughs> is a huge <laughs> help.
4: Knowing not to drive down. <laughs> 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 so always go up.
2: How do you feel
3: like the tunnel training impacted your guys' training in the sky? Yeah. It allowed us to get uh, a lot more time together. Um, financially and just time, uh, it would be tough to, to be able to do that many jumps uh, or minutes of, of free fall uh, in the sky Um, you know, seven hours, it's times 60 math. Um, you know, that's, that's a lot of free fall time. Somewhere around 500 jumps. Yeah. uh, You still have to do, uh, the hill work. Um, and, and that's where some of the advanced teams, that's where they excel. I mean, they get so many more points on the hill and are are picking up that speed, Mm -hmm. um, where they get 20, 30 points in a jump.
0: At that level, competitions are one on the hill. Uh, They really, really are. So
3: for for you guys' tunnel training, um,
2: what does a tunnel training session look like? Do you guys do drills, or would you guys just do mock draws?
3: Uh, We would do drills. We would do no-touch drills at the beginning. Demo was our coach uh, for the year, uh, and Devin helped us at nationals. Um, And both of are are no
4: touch blocks. How good are those? That's amazing. That's terrifying. That will change your world.
3: Like, at first, (laughs) when you're learning blocks, you're like, all right, I'm holding on for dear life. There's only, I I can't do this without Without not holding on. And And then at the end, yeah, demo's making us do no touch blocks. And it's like, wow, we can do that. It's amazing. Because you're just flying your own body and trusting that the other person's going to be there. Just a reminder a for people, a block is, say, the four of us are sitting in a
0: formation, and Nick's holding on to me, and I'm holding on to you guys. We're going to break in half. So Nick mm-hmm. stays holding on to me. We rotate together as a piece before we put the other piece back together. So you're actually saying Nick and I would break grip but fly the block fly the as block if together. we were holding. correct?
4: While burbling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> while trying to fly with
0: another <laughs> formation at the uh-huh. same time, because you're flying two two-way formations together. also not gripped. Yeah. yeah. So, man... You guys were doing that at the end of of your tunnel mm-hmm.
2: camp. Yeah, it was awesome. Would you guys take the uh the dock before the enter? Like would you take the first dock and then move it without the dock or it was just nobody's touching at all?
3: Um nobody's touching at all. Okay. One so it's one not one like grip. No. No, no. And then okay, I got gotcha. you. No. Which which taught you also to to, to fly be in your slot because right? then your grip's just there. It's mm-hmm. basically like covering
4: the, the grip like it's there. The I the can take the grip secondary. It's
3: it's just a and, and some of those fast teams don't even take grips because it's not about the actual grip. It's what the cameraman sees. So it's kind of like the uh, the phantom tag in, in uh, a double play in baseball. You know, they don't actually touch the base. But... It and looks like it. it so it's it's looks has like It has to look like sliding. Con- controlled
2: yeah. contact is the word they use in competition. Mm-hmm. So as long as your hand is in a spot or it looks like it's in As a
4: long spot as your hand yet. is above the area you're supposed to touch, the camera sees it as touching. Mm-hmm. Fucking
3: mm-hmm. cheaters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we weren't that good. <laughs> 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 we were gripping.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, but, man, you say that. You look at some of the top-level things going on in the world records out there right now they are still said and done commonly gripping at that top level mm-hmm. because watch Arizona Airspeed or or, uh, uh, or uh, SDC Rhythm or Hayabusa and actually watch your hands pumping and you can tell when somebody hands close versus closes on a gripper because there's mm-hmm. that space that, that's mm-hmm. awareness, man. Did you see uh, SDC Core just set a new vertical record? No. Those motherfuckers. Do, uh, They're um, sick. Man, what was it? I think they were at World. See if you can Google this stuff, Justin. Yeah. Um,
2: or Nationals. Look they at bea- were at Nationals, yeah. but I
3: think they were going to Worlds. I talked to Dusty when yeah. I was over there. Shout out to Dusty Hanks. They were just Shout doing out Worlds out at Virginia Hanks. Beach. Took I me think. on my very
2: first tandem, and you know that? <gasps> no, I yep. did. M- my, my first and second tandem, Dusty was the man. Oh. If Pumped you on
0: Justin, look up uh, SDC Core, um, it's on their Facebook page.
2: I'm sure I've told this story before, but man, Dusty was a huge reason why I started skydiving. Yeah. Like He took me on my first jump. And before we got on the jump, he did the same same shitty joke that every tandem instructor does to every student of Yeah, I've got eight jumps. If, they, if I do well, they're gonna let me go by myself. And so I really assumed that he had more experience than that, you know. Uh-huh. But um, I remember asking him after the uh, so when the canopy opened. This is when it was like I, I still I guess I still remember pretty distinctly a few moments in freefall where it was like mind blowingly cool. But when he opened the parachute, he was screaming. He was like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, "Dude, fuck yeah! That is so <laughs> cool! Like this dude showed me the time of my life." And uh, I, I feel like I could have been with an instructor who, you know, enjoyed it less or put less of an effort into having me enjoy it that mm-hmm. maybe wouldn't have hooked me like it did. But uh, yeah, awesome guy, awesome skydiver, so well, world records.
0: Both of you guys are super good at that, though. Tony, with you, you with your students, Nick, you as a videographer. It's very quick and very easy to say, man, this is just another tandem. This is just another video. I've done 12 of these today. You're just another person in front of me. Let's go. It's very, very easy to do that. And we see some of our good friends do it.
3: I don't care how good your drop zone is. Somebody's mm-hmm. doing it. Um, how do you stay that engaged? How do you do it? This is an experience for somebody that's coming out to do one tandem that they're going to remember the rest of their lives. Um I think one of my favorite jumps is doing tandems Um, because you get to show somebody that may never come back and do a jump again the time of their life. Um, I've had students come back a year later. uh, I had a student, and students remember you because you you took them on a jump, and he said, hey, I, I requested you again, and I sort of vaguely remembered it, and once we were under canopy, uh, he says, and I know you probably don't remember me, but a year ago, I came out to do a jump, and I had just broken up with my girlfriend, and it was a real low point in my life. And that jump and your attitude was just a complete turnaround for me. And this year's been excellent. And I mean, I'm just like, <coughs> you know, it was a tandem, but badass. yeah, you know. um, and i've I've had um, old ladies come up and say, that's an experience that I never thought I would do, and I'll remember it the rest of my life. Um, I've taken uh, paraplegics on jumps, um, which is awesome that that they can experience a skydive. I've taken a quadriplegic. Uh, I took a blind kid who actually pulled the parachute at the set altitude and landed the canopy standing up. Do you give him an audible? I did. Nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, all these stories and descriptions are wonderful, and I, I, I will come back to it, but do you remember your first jump? I do. Nick just told the story of his first jump. Tell me a little bit about your uh, your experience.
3: So uh, I jumped with Rob Hansen, and mm-hmm. um, I remember the plane ride up. I was just asking him 100 questions about how I get licensed, how... It's only twenty-five jumps. I get an A license. Awesome. How much does it cost? I don't really know all the numbers, but he, he kinda helped me, you know, gauge how much everything was. Um, he was a he's a, a master rigger, so he was a gear nerd. So he was telling me a lot about the gear. Um, and I remember the jump itself, he spun me around like a top in free fall and I looked straight down. And that was really disorientating. Um so I don't spin people around on their tandems really, really fast because I still remember that that was disorientating. you got enough going on. You're in free fall. You're falling to the earth. Uh, that's enough.
0: The view's so gorgeous up there. Yeah. Even in the flat, nowhere, craplands of Rochera Texas <gasps> slowly You can see the turn. gulf. You can see the yeah. city. It's a beautiful it's panoramic view, town. man. Yeah. Um, so... You you know some of our friends and and other tandem instructors. Just picture one of the ones who doesn't share an experience with you, and, and no names. Mm-hmm. If you did a tandem with that person, do you think you would have got hooked on
3: the sport the same way? I don't know. I was pretty hooked that first day. Like It was all new to me that this actually existed. <laughs> I thought this was just a few crazy rednecks out in the middle of the country that, you know... Jumped out of airplanes and was it was just a super dangerous thing. Oh, I never mean, really. You
2: mean most drop zones. <laughs> 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 it's not just. It, it is that.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I can't say for me that my first jump experience would have changed my decision, but I I've told the story before. I uh, had a guy in a, I taught traffic school who showed up with my traffic school class who was a skydiving instructor. So I had two eight-hour classes with him before I went to skydive, and it was two eight-hour traffic school classes of me asking about skydiving questions the whole time (laughs) (laughs) it's like super like in reflection i don't feel bad about my questions in reflection they they were very natural questions they were very you know reasonable questions and they were good conversations so i don't think it would have changed my experience but i think nick's point is very valid we we are a huge part of people's memories we all remember i'd actually ask Justin. i know i've got him busy looking something up now um but We all as skydivers remember our first jump experience, remember who our first instructors were, and we remember a lot of those interactions, Mm -hmm. even 20, 14, 15 years later. Man, as a tandem instructor, remember we are somebody's major life event. If they never, ever skydive again, this is a major life event to them. This might be there. I know Nick hates this. But at the same time, he always pays respect. This gender reveal is a huge major life uh, event. And Nick, I got mad respect because I know how much you absolutely hate gender reveals. But when <laughs> they show up, you would never know. You, no. you you interact, you partake. Yeah, I'd
2: still do a good job. I would just curse them once they left. And
0: before they showed up. Under your breath. <laughs> and uh, No, no. When they're gone, it's not under his breath. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: no, I just meant to... No, sorry. Go
0: ahead. No, <laughs> We're a major part of people's lives. Mm-hmm. So why are you going to make it a downer part? You're having a bad day, man. We're all chasing drugs. Your first skydiving fix. Who here doesn't remember it? <sighs> who I here is
3: not chasing it? I, I tell people every day, now there's good things and bad things once we've landed. The good thing is you're going to have this high for two, maybe three days. Food's going to taste better tonight. That <laughs> beer's going to be a little colder. It's going to be awesome. The bad thing is that, like any good drug, it's going to leave you. And you're going to want more uh-huh. and more.
4: I almost felt
0: like so I got So here's my it card. Come back to <laughs> <do> your second <laughs> jump with me. And if you have questions about the weather, <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> what Absolutely. were you saying, Justin?
4: I almost felt like I got that again Taking the uh oh man, five ish months off when I had knee surgery. Yeah, yeah. I just did a hop and pop and the entire plane ride up, my heart was beating out of my chest. I was just freaking the fuck out, like I feel like a fucking noob right now. Why am I so scared? Like I'm doing a fucking hop and pop.
2: <laughs> I, I get that after like five days of not jumping. Really? Mm-hmm. Not not to the extent that you're describing, but it's like Man, I don't know how people who only skydive on the weekends can do this shit because I feel so. I was so worried for some reason. (laughs) You're (laughs) jumping out of a goddamn airplane.
4: Yeah.
0: Do you ever get that feeling again, Tony? When you're jumping, I get nervous. Um, What, like, what things brings you there? Time off. um, What's enough time off for you to have that
3: moment? I get angry if I don't go jumping for two weeks. Like, that's a long time for me. Um, It's kind of like, I I need to go do this again. Um, And, yeah, there'll just be certain days, and, you know, maybe it's a good thing. I'll just be like, man, I feel like I'm really paranoid about my handles. I've checked them, like, three times more than I check (laughs) them normally, and I check them a lot because... You know, if I'm going to tell my student to check him before he gets on the plane, when he gets on the plane and buckles up, and then when he takes his seat belt off, and then right before he jumps, I should probably be doing that myself. And so lead by example. And it's just been habit. But then when I start checking him eight to 12 times on the plane, I'm like, eh, you know, might want to dial it down a bit.
2: I think that's uh, great. great words of advice for anyone who teaches anything especially having his leading by example yeah it's uh i don't see it that often at SpaceLand because the instructor base is so strong it is but i'll see it occasionally with uh a new new aff instructor of someone who's busy trying to look cool to this to this new person and not setting a, a good example and it's like hey man this person's gonna get to 50 jumps real quick and they're gonna notice that you're not fucking they're gonna notice you walk into the yeah.
3: plane with your leg straps loose and they're gonna wonder why they can't do or it or yeah
2: whatever it is but just that yeah. you're not um that you're not setting a good example for someone who's still learning mm-hmm. who is naive enough to think that you're cool <laughs> like do do the right thing for that person so yeah. it's gonna stick with them sorry i interrupted you no but i really like that that, that lead by example i think is uh, is huge in teaching skydiving
0: have you done what? What did you do as a dun- young jumper that today you'd be like? I was stupid, but I followed someone else's example, and there you go tying bow lines. And Sorry, like I, can't <laughs> I can't help <laughs> it. See that knot? I can't help it.
2: Um Free flying too soon. Yeah.
3: Yep. I uh, on my thirteenth skydive um, was up in Moab, uh, Utah, and did a jump. And um, J. Mike the Gear Store DZO uh, over at Gold Coast. Not DZO, just the Gear Store owner. He uh, loaned me a Dolphin with a uh, (laughs) FXC and a 188 Pilot. And I didn't know how to pack. And I brought it up on the plane with me so I could go do my 13th, 14th, and 15th jump. And uh, I remember getting on the plane, and it was just a little Cessna. And I had misrouted my chest strap. And I caught it on the plane, as we're taking off, and that's when I realized, oh wow, I need to go over my gear checks a lot because ultimately I'm the one that has to save my life. Yes, we rely heavily on looking out for one another, Mm -hmm. but if you rely on that, you're not going to be long in the sport.
0: How many chest straps have you seen undone in the? Oh, I've caught, I've caught. A lot. Have you ever had one on your jump in free fall, and you didn't realize it till it happened or no. after the jump? No. Now, I'll embarrassingly say, and I, I got no problem owning my mistakes, but we were in an AFF instructor course. And uh, in the instructor course, m- myself, two guys, candidates, two uh-huh. guys trained to be instructors and a video guy, the four of us, and then a, a plane of half-full jumpers of an otter. And one of the candidates, um, no excuse at all, was sitting in a place where I couldn't actually see him. I've almost always had the habit of, I don't care. If you're in my group, I'm for sure looking at your gear. Mm-hmm. And if you're not my group and you're in my view, I'm for sure looking at your gear. Yeah. Um, and in this case, I had a personal disconnect. and I say personal disconnect, I liked this person a lot. I still know and like this person. But during this moment, I was just like, man, I'm, I'm kind of over you right now. As you know, a course can be very grating, very difficult. And this person was struggling a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I was very like, mm, man, I just... Just happy to keep moving. And in free fall, he disappeared off the skydive. Completely disappeared. And I'm like, you're not that bad. You're like, you're, you're gone. What the, what the hell? We land, and apparently his chest strap was completely undone. <laughs> it was misrouted and in free fall. It blew open, and his goal, his, point, his decision at that point was, I need to get this under control, and I need it's to back important. off the skydive, which, mm-hmm. you know, kudos to him for having that awareness. But, you know, I've missed it in my own jump, man. Why, yeah. why aren't we looking better? Oh. So, have
2: you ever had it happen on one of your jumps, Nick? I don't think I've ever seen problem with gear on a skydive. I did once see someone leave the airplane with uh their cutaway handle dangling. Mm-hmm. So this was in the Sky Van, you know, on the on our old Sky Van you could you lay can, on the floor, yep. grab the bar, front flip down, hang, and then let go. So this is the move that he climbed out with. And uh yeah his his cutaway handle was was dangling. I, you know, I saw maybe six inches of cable. I couldn't see if it was out enough that he was going to open his main parachute and not have it for very long or if it was still, if the cable was it was still uh, deep enough to stay in, in the three ring and it turns out that he spotted it right out, he opened his canopy, canopy stayed attached and he spotted his dangling cutaway handle after he had been flying his canopy for a few seconds. Mm-hmm.
3: Going back to four-way last year on one of our practice jumps, um, I had to call a timeout in the middle of the skydive because uh, Andrew's uh, D-ring was flopping around and we uh, were doing ones, I'll never forget we are putting the, the old ones back together mm-hmm. and Alice and I are coming together and I'm like, time out, time out that's the only thing I could think because I noticed as we were spinning around that Andrew's D-ring was just flopping around And How did you get his attention to that? Uh, I went over to him uh, immediately uh, said, Andrew, your D-ring's out and grip switched to AFF side mm-hmm. and worked on his D-ring, got it back in the Velcro because uh, we were at the top of the skydiving, yeah, and had yeah. all the working time and got it back together and turned around. I said, you're OK. <laughs> and he just came up, gave me a big kiss. Love and Andrew, Angie and uh, Allison and uh, Andy were all over here, just kind of chilling watching us
0: yeah. <laughs> so i wanted an in, in aff instructor rating courses we we actually have a signal in the international system because i say international at least uh, for a group of us who do it uh i've actually had buddies who had their reserve handle pulled on aff evaluation jumps you know their plain student jay stokes you've, you've met mm-hmm. him uh, is on his back and a guy dived by and grabs his reserve handle actually opened his reserve on his back that's uh, happened to him twice um, people have snagged other people's cutaway handles. I was in Lodi, and a gal named Erica DeFore had her cutaway handle stolen in the middle of free fall, and she had no clue, so she pitched into bag lock. And we, in the AFF course, if anybody in the middle of the skydive waves in the middle of a skydive, we're not a break off altitude. It means everybody stop what you're doing. Now, I like timeout and of free fall for the average scenario. And then the goal in our course is point at the person who has a problem and touch whatever the problem is. So in free fall, I would encourage you guys with your friends, have and understand a system. And mm-hmm. I don't know, to me it's almost silly that we teach it in an instructor rating course where we p- should probably be teaching it, it not the student level. I think that's, like you said, uh, getting too deep yeah. in situations. But as skydiving goes along, we should share that 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 idea of, hey, I'm pointing at Nick and touching my main handle. i point at you a second time and
3: touch i do it twice. Man, he's pointing at me and touching his main handle. What's going on with my main Mm -hmm. handle? What's going on with my cutaway handle? What's going on? Well, and that makes sense because um, I learned at a young uh, age in skydiving uh, on the ground or in the plane (coughs) not to grab somebody's gear. Going back to Joe Courtney, who mentored me through Mm -hmm. my first few hundred jumps, uh, I remember walking to the plane and his pilot chute was hanging out a little bit. And I immediately went up and started tucking it in. He turned around and decked me. (laughs) I mean, bam! And and he goes, don't touch my gear. Tell me something's wrong. And I've I've taken that to heart after that. And so if something's wrong on somebody's gear, Mm -hmm. hey, you got a problem with your gear. Tell them what it is. Do you want me to help you?
0: What happens if you go to touch my gear and as you're grabbing my pilot shoot, I move unexpectedly and you make it worse?
2: Yeah, yeah w- w- <laughs> say those words to anyone receiving a pin check also. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, can I give you a gear check? Hey, can yeah. I? No, yeah.
2: I just mean it. if someone's checking your pin, huh. I'm if the pin's not fully seated at all, I'm going to oh. push it in. And mm-hmm. if my fingers are on your pin and you decide to do a little shimmy uh yeah don't do that hey i'm <laughs> seating your
0: <laughs> pin i'm pushing your pin in the rest of the way
2: yeah if you're asking for a pin check hold, hold still it makes that person's job easier I no see.
0: give me a pin check. yeah nick. so telling me that you're doing that i think is helpful for two reasons number one i'm not wiggling around like you you indicate and knocking it loose number one but number two it gives me peace of mind because i know you're doing something back there i know what a pin check is and you're taking longer than normal why the fuck what are you doing back there nick mm-hmm. and telling me gives me the understanding like okay you're just fixing okay cool For me, it helps give me an understanding of what's going on. So advertising that fact is huge, man. Um, The other thing that you did on that jump, though, I kudos and would recommend you do again. I would be careful if you're listening to this, and that was Tony actually got in a side body and seated the guy's handle back in. And again, Tony, your flying skill, your awareness, your abilities, I think you did the right and best thing in your position. But I would say for the average jumper, the ability to handle that safely and control the situation without your buddy flying out of your hand, and you pull in as reserved. It's better you let them seat at themselves in yeah. many situations, not all. Once again, I think you did it right. Thank you. Oh, dude, you're welcome, man. Great I job. I've seen you fly. You. I've seen you fly with shitty
2: students. <laughs> <laughs> Up close and personal. <laughs> so uh, so we're we're getting down to short on time here. Oh, uh, wow. But I just wanted oh, to... the stream uh, just
4: died, too, so that's cool.
2: Oh, beautiful. Uh-oh. So, I want to, you told me a story recently that I want to hear you tell again. Okay. (laughs) So, you're showing a house. Yes. (laughs) In an unsafe neighborhood.
3: Showing a house in an unsafe neighborhood to a client. Yes. And, um, yeah, I'm going to get my concealed carry with uh, DJ in uh, a few weeks, possibly. Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah. I, it'll actually be after PIA. Man, okay.
2: You, let me know if you guys find dates for that, because that's been on okay. my to-do list.
0: It's going to be on a. Uh, it, you will be available. I promise you. I'll tell you more
3: about it later.
2: All right. Let's so go shoot some stuff.
3: But I do carry when I show homes, um, because you're walking into a house. You're, you know, going into a complete unknown. And this house, like every other house, you walk in the door. Hello, hello. Anybody there? and is that
2: something you do in every home you enter
3: yes okay yes um it's it's just good habit um you don't want to startle somebody that may be in the back um some of the houses are going shows which they're empty um some of the houses um there's somebody living there and they're cleaning up the house before you go and it's an appointment by it only they may have gotten sidetracked and the appointment started or you got there a little early and they may still be in the house.
2: Okay, cool. So sometimes yeah. you're just establishing communication with a, mm-hmm. a non-threatening person.
3: In, in, in this situation, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it it smelled pretty heavily of uh, marijuana in the house. Immediately caught me off guard. So you open the door and you catch a whiff. <laughs> All right. Somebody's having a good time. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> it was, maybe it was the uh, no, the last uh, shower here. And I uh, heard some rumbling around in the kitchen, but I was already passed in the hallway far enough into where I didn't feel like going back to the door and being blinded by the kitchen. Went into the main room, pushed my client back, and immediately drew on uh, somebody that was in the house and told him to get out of the house now. Get out now. And he uh, stumbled to the door, ran out the door, took my client out, locked the door, got back in the truck. And once we got back in the truck, two more... Figures left the house. How,
4: how old are these people? So you sold it, right? Yeah.
3: <laughs> like on I the got spot. A, I got a client <laughs> <laughs> for life, and no, he's not looking yeah. in that neighborhood anymore. Um. <laughs> the city of misery. <laughs> <laughs> so, how old were these people? How old are these? Yeah, these t- Twenty, thirty, th- and I, you know, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. It was a rainy uh, evening. Um, they were hopefully just at their parents' house and hey, let's get out, go burn one down at that house down the road. Uh, It was an open bookings house. So it's one of the houses that you can go in without a realtor. You just need a PIN code. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to give some uh, documentation and whatnot. So I think this number got around this neighborhood. Okay, so so
2: everybody knew that there was... Everybody
3: knew this house, and it was an open bookings house. And I actually talked to a police officer after this, and he says, yeah, we have a problem with those kind of houses that people just go in and squat
0: I'd just sit down and have a party for the evening. I could see that when I was a younger fella. Yeah. Like, hey, man, yo, dude, I know how to get Dry here. house. Yeah. yeah. Nothing yeah. going on. My old roommate and I in California, they, they were building an apartment complex across the way, and through a large uh, portion of construction, we would just go over there and hang out and do stupid shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, it started <laughs> off with just, you know, an empty concrete building with no walls, and that was kind of shady. And eventually, it was a, it was an apartment complex that we're going. Like, let's just go hang out over here and <laughs> do stupid shit, launch model rockets in it.
3: Yeah, I remember sneaking in a house with the, <laughs> the wood beams all over it. And, you know, they were building the house in the neighborhood. We're kids. Yeah, I goddamn I've, troublemakers. i
4: definitely smoked some weed in a house that's not been just barely framed up. <laughs> <laughs> <was> some fun <laughs> shit back in the day. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> So you've been a skydiver. You've been a skydiving instructor. Mm -hmm. It's been very interesting because you've worked with noobs at so many levels, including the team you were on. You were really highly experienced considering the rest of your group. I had 2,000 plus tandems. But you also (laughs) had how many normal skydives? Uh, About 2,000, yeah. And your whole team combined didn't have that. Yeah. True. So not even close. So you've got to work with a lot of new jumpers in various ways. Mm-hmm. What advice, what recommendation do you have to our newer jumpers out there to make the most of their sport?
3: Uh, don't be scared to jump with people above your skill level. Um, I see a lot of times people are timid, and, and I, for one, was that person, of going up and asking people with higher jumps, hey, what are you doing? Maybe not on a five-minute call, but, hey, w- what are your plans today? Um, and if that jumper, you know, looks back on his career and and sees that same thing, you know, they'll probably take you under their wing and, and, and do a, a fun jump with you. Um, maybe not jump all day if they're doing something else that's out of your skill set. But, um, you know, jump with jump with people and, and always learn. Um you know, uh, one of the things in skydiving and in life, um, the ability to know that you can always continue to learn, um, goes a long way. And, uh, I still learn things on every single jump, um, uh, learn things new in my new career of real estate, um, and things that I've done for a long time. Um, just continue to learn. One of the things that we talked about today was the juice of that
0: first jump, mm-hmm. getting that excitement again. And one of the things we've done to get that excitement again is is downtime, time off, and getting current again, whatever time frame that is. Um, not the best way, in my opinion, to get that rush, but learning new things, trying something different. Mm-hmm. How often has that been a benefit to your passion
3: to stay in the sport? Oh, it's... it's uh You know, I've done 15 wingsuit jumps, and probably will never wingsuit in a big wingsuit. But every time I get current, and uh, last time I was with Travis Mickle, um, he did a... I hadn't jumped a wingsuit for two years, and uh, we kind of treated it like a first-flight wingsuit course, and uh, Jeremy and Luke went on the jump. And, man, just doing that, which is new to me, or an experience that I'm very unfamiliar with, man, it gave me a high for a month trying something new like that. Um, and I've got some goals for, uh, the future in skydiving to, um, I love flying my canopy, um, you know, to possibly do some XRW and and try to get that because again, I'm not going to do the wingsuiting part probably, but, um, the canopy part to be able to do that and, you know, potentially make a dock with somebody on a wingsuit that would just be sick. Um, you know, so
0: yeah, trying new things. Continue trying new things. Nick and I have jumped together in so many different ways, and right now we're working on new stuff, and it, it reinvigorates me. I, I, I think on when we're doing some intentional yeah. cutaways and the first time we landed from that jump, I think we celebrated together in a way I don't think we ever have. Yeah, I don't think so either. That passion, that energy. Uh,
2: yeah, like, a yeah. fuck yeah, we did it.
0: Yeah, dude, <laughs> we survived. And then the second and third one, dude, that it's, it was a rush. So challenge yourself, push yourself new. Nick, anything in that arena you want to push or share?
2: Actually, uh, Stephen Boyd has recently turned me onto a YouTube channel that I fucking love. It's this guy named Mike Boyd, not related to Stephen, just, yeah. to, just the same name. But Mike Boyd does all these... Uh, he just learns random skills, like uh, like he learned how to juggle. He learned how to hold his breath for four minutes. He learned how to kickflip a skateboard. He learned how to shatter a crystal glass just with the sound of his voice. And so he's got a pretty good-sized YouTube channel, and uh, it's pretty inspiring to watch the guy learn these new things because he'll, he'll he'll, he starts with a timer. He tells you how many days, how many hours, how, how long it's taken him to, to learn this new skill. And, uh, man, it makes me want to learn new stuff. Mike Boyd. So, so I don't you, I know we've talked about this before. I'm terrified
3: of swimming. Yeah terrified really? of the water. Yeah, not oh, good at Angie it. Angie and I went scuba diving the other day. Loved see, it.
2: you know, I think I can handle scuba diving with a mask and the ability to breathe. Uh-huh. Like my eyes and nose are covered. I think I can handle that. When you look up but and you see the water sixty, a hundred feet above you. <coughs> cool. Yeah, maybe maybe panic attack. <laughs> but uh <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> That's that's my goals. I'm going to I haven't decided what achieving the goal looks like yet. But I'm going to get some swim lessons soon and it's you know maybe I'll pick a certain number of laps that I have to do without stopping or touching the bottom or crying or anything. I would
0: love to get together sometime, get your wife my wife. I'm sorry, girlfriend. It's fine. You can call uh-huh. her that. Uh, girlfriend, my <laughs> wife, take a trip down to like Belize or something and and mainly hang out beach, do
2: things, but do a little scuba diving while We we're did snorkel. Sam and I went to Belize and can we did snor- snor- snorkeling. I'm and impressed. Nice. I, dude, I jumped in the water in full-on fucking tunnel vision panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, give me a fucking life vest. I can't do this shit. <laughs> That's where Angie
3: and I actually got our uh, certification, our patty, on open water. Belize? Belize for our honeymoon. Ooh, dude, so gorgeous. <sighs> I want to go.
0: We'll talk about that yeah, next time you visit. Absolutely. Us. I would go back. Yeah. Uh, Justin, you work a lot with New Jumpers as an instructor, as a team guy, and as a mentor. What would you tell New Jumpers to take the most away from their sport?
4: take the most away from their sport. Yeah,
0: because we all, I say their sport, we all have a different kind of view of the sport said and done. What can I do the most as a new jumper to make the most of what I, in my skydives?
4: I would say uh, the main problem I had, uh, just speaking from personal experience, is I was too much in my own head Mm -hmm. where I was thinking about um, how I could be doing better and how I should be doing and being overshadowed by these people I was getting coaching from. And it's just to take away from it the the little things that you you improve on as you're progressing. Like that, that little thing, like I totally did that turn. Uh, I didn't have to completely focus on doing the head switch 100% correct. I can make that center point turn and end up where I need to be. And I did that in a matter of three jumps. You know, that's an amazing accomplishment. Don't be overshadowed by the fact that, I can't fucking fly OC and and turn like three points on the hill. Um, be proud that you put the effort in, you listen, and uh, you've you've accomplished what you set out to do, and you've become a better jumper for it. Man, don't let those it's coaches. A long road.
0: Don't let those coaches intimidate you. I think I, I can say clearly for all for th- all four of us. Most of the good coaches I know and all the you guys, I, every time I see you teach, I watched you teach somebody how to pack recently, just to inter- introduce it. I've seen you teach a shitload in you as well. M- a good coach isn't going to overshadow you. Our goal and our job and our desire, it's, it's, man, I'm motivated by watching you shine. So we're not there to overshadow you, you. We're there to lift you up above us. You better be better than I was as an AFF instructor. Same for you. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. And then the guys you're teaching. So don't let these coaches intimidate you, man this saturday night we actually have movie night at the drop zone 4 30 i've already
4: typed the message and i just now put it, posted it
0: 4 30 <laughs> and we're going to start with lion king a late afternoon matinee i've had a lot of fun with the word have you read some of the posts i've made no no but that's great <laughs> yeah a late afternoon matinee at 4 30 of the lion king the original we're going to show that about a 30 minute intermission and then we're going to have our featured presentation look at my facebook post i'm seriously did all this stupid <laughs> shit Yeah, it is going to be Drop Zone the uh, the movie uh, one of the great movies that got me into the sport one of the great movies that really made me want to do it um, next weekend or next week Wednesday I have not I actually have all this but confirmed uh, Thomas Hughes will be in town Thomas and I are doing a three day uh, something else together and so that Wednesday night we've agreed to uh, do Gravity Lab so Nick and Justin sorry I'm now just dropping this bomb what day is that? Next Wednesday Wednesday uh, Wednesday, it's, Wednesday. It's, yeah, yeah. 30th thirtieth, sure.
2: I will be here in the same seat unless Justin's not here. I'll be in that one. Justin, you good? I think so. Let me check. And Thomas put him on the spot. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. dude.
0: It's (laughs) we do a lot of business on this show. If you like, there's a lot of little small business meetings. Uh, But Thomas Hughes, if you don't know him, he is man one of the most diverse competitors ever. He's competed many nationals and in many disciplines per nationals. He's got medals in almost anything and everything you can say. Uh the guy is just a rock star, but you would never know it. He he's so humble. He jumps with noobs, he promotes and pushes noobs. Reminds m- me a lot of Tony, except for he's really good at skydiving. <laughs> <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> <not. Eww. laughs> so uh there is that coming up. Uh the week after we are at PIA. Uh I'll be there. Mr. P will be there for a while. I know I've talked about running some Gravity Lab episodes there. Um man, I've looked at my commitments. I have meetings, seminars, uh, uh, shows. I have a lot of stuff going on. So, hang on.
2: I just want to say that... this line was introduced to me through Jason Hyder through advice that a police officer had given to him about why he wasn't carrying his concealed weapon. And he had a permit yeah, to yeah. carry it and wasn't carrying it. And the officer told him, and I think this is super true with everything in skydiving, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not, not have, have it. it. Yeah. So I would hate if we were sitting at PIA having a fun conversation with somebody, bullshitting at the end of the day, being like, man, this would have been such a great conversation to have on the podcast. Or I would hate to have that moment. So or I am the bringing old the equipment. School rappers okay. do
4: it. I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six.
2: So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is some, some thug ass shit. So, yeah.
0: so, I was, uh, I, I am not. Can we close with uh, Little Wayne and Two Chance? <laughs> no, we can't. Uh, so, Justin.
2: <laughs> won't be the first time I've t- Oh, wait. <laughs> no more th-
0: copyrighted music on The, the, the birthday show. song, you know okay. yeah, it? Yeah, we're having that issues. I'll tell you. Uh, I can't get on Spotify. I can't get on other uh, platforms oh. because we've used uh, copyrighted music. So, we're going to no know a lot Oh, the Rick Roll
4: got it, didn't it? Know a lot of <laughs> shit. Uh, We've we
0: played a lot of
2: copyrighted music. On so, shit. I can't play Rich as Fuck by <laughs> uh, uh, Two Chain.
0: So, we can't do <laughs> any more copyrighted music because I've got to put a, uh, a we're cut. We're just going to
4: have to beatbox it, Nick. Yeah, i got to put
0: a cut to Spotify. <laughs> um, so, we're going to be at PIA in uh, two weeks. We may or may not be doing a show from there. We are taking the equipment, we won't have the video set up as far as, as all the camera cuts. But we'll at least air it from my video, from my phone. But we'll do the podcast itself. Um, We will. I'm going to do my damnedest to work it out, Nick. I really want to at least hit Sonic Uh, up while we're there. I'm
2: totally happy if we go and no podcasts happen. That's not going to bother me one bit. Yeah. But it would bother me if we went and had the opportunity to do it because the stars aligned or whatever situation was just there that we could be doing a podcast and didn't. I'd be sad about that.
0: It'd need to be Tuesday during the day, Wednesday during the day, or Monday after it's There's... So, we'll look at schedules together. Okay. So, uh, we'll be uh, taking a little break, but we've got a lot of cool things coming up. Right after PIA, Uh, Jessie Thompson is from uh, Sunpath Infinity or Javelin Rigs. Yeah, close enough. Uh, She's going to be talking all about (laughs) what you should be looking for as a new jumper. A lot of you guys really like the skydiving centric uh, conversations, and we're going to be really focused on skydiving gear with Jessie. Super knowledgeable gal, very good at uh, at talking about gear. Uh, Yes, she's a Sunpath rep, and yes, she does a great job, and Javelin makes a phenomenal rig. Uh, but she's gonna talk more generically about rigs. So whatever you jump, this should be nice. able to apply to you. Um, we have a lot of other cool things going on. Uh, you know the captured Sky Girl going out there, the paint. Yeah, and the paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her name is, is Michelle. We call her Bubbles. I've known her for uh, for quite a while. Uh, n- if she's ever in Houston or I'm in Dallas, we're going to try to hook up and talk about her sky art, dude. She does some really, really cool shit. Uh, Ryan Leeper in April is going to be on the show uh, talking about an XRW camp and some super secret stunt we can't Ooh. talk about yet. You like the, I think I dropped it to you some weird stunt wingsuit stunt way and you made some funny
2: stuff. Oh, like yeah. That. I made a reference to, what's that movie? Hot Rod. Hot Rod, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Who wants to see
0: me do a big ass stunt? <laughs> so you we guys got not fans <laughs> of this movie. One of my <laughs> I favorite. love that movie, <laughs> man. So we got a lot of cool shit coming up. Um, Anything else you guys need to share? Anything else we need to put out there in the universe? No. So, check it out. (laughs) Go to (laughs) smile.amazon.com. Oh,
2: wait. Hang on. If I want to buy a house from you, Tony, how do I find you? Yes. We got to get Tony's info.
3: Um, Realty at gmail.com. Casino spelled how? C-A-S-C-I-N-O with an extra C. And uh, you can give me a call or text at 225-937-4653.
2: So you can show pretty much any
3: house, any rental property in what area? Uh,
2: Texas. Okay. Yeah. So let's say I'm going to rent an apartment anyway, and I want to hook my buddy up with some commission. Absolutely. I can I can I can call you up. Yeah. All right. I uh I and that's not going to cost me anything extra, right? That's already. It's,
3: it, you're already paying for uh, the first month's rent, mm-hmm. um, and that is split between the two real estate agents or the brokers. So,
2: yeah. we're going to start shooting some
3: pictures and some videos of these houses? We are. We've got one that uh, we're going to be shooting
2: next week for a listing. Not not with guns, though, right? No. (laughs) With
3: cameras (laughs) and maybe a drone. better bring that gat, though, son. Oh, you know it. What's your email address if they want to get a hold of you? Realty at gmail.com. C-A-S-C-I-N-O. Realty at gmail.com.
0: And, of course, if you're listening to this on the podcast, look at the show notes. We'll have all these linked there. Very easy for you to follow. I'll grab them for you from you in a little bit. Um, Guys, gals, go to smile.amazon.com. Pick your charity of choice. You better be picking Jump for the Rose or Tony's going to come shoot you out of your own house. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jump for the Rose. (laughs) Uh, A small percentage of what you buy from Smile.Amazon.com goes straight to Jump for the Rose. You don't pay anything more. They don't pay anything more. It's just Amazon donating. Uh, You have to shop that way. But more than anything else, JumpForTheRose.org check them out these ladies do a wonderful job they do not sponsor this show they do not support this show it is the other way around they're friends of ours and we support them so please check them out donate money this is women getting cured for breast cancer getting treated for breast cancer not just research but actual helping out lives and individuals So check out jumpfortherose.org. As always, we'd like to thank uh, our sponsors, VelocityRigs.com. Check out the Infinity Rig, one of the most comfortable rigs on the market. Um, With Infinity Rigs, they're super huge on safety should not be an option. Safety is what every rig comes out of the market Mm -hmm. equally, and really the options are what it looks like or what it feels like. Uh, One of my favorite reasons I like her, one of the biggest reasons I like Infinity is Kelly Stance. Check him out. Till then, guys and gals, this has been Gravity Lab Radio. I'm DJ Marvin, Blue Skies. Tony, get the fuck out of my house. (laughs) (laughs) So
2: rude.